0: Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave neon wave is an internationally local shop a concierge to the modern nomad they bring together carefully chosen surf fashion art and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best technicality creativity and sustainability their team is born from nature raised by the wave and nurtured by the culture they support this is neon wave we look forward to moving forward check them out at at earthpack.com. Just live. We believe a life is meant to be lived to its fullest potential. In order to do that, you need to feel at your best, both physically and mentally. We founded this community to share what we found as professional athletes that can help people of all walks of life. So, you can go out and do exactly what you're supposed to do. Just live. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, don't tell me what to do, Lar.
1: Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky Podcast. You just blew their ears out.
0: <laughs> we just
1: talked about how sensitive this mic is and you don't have to yell. You talked about how sensitive. It over. Do it over. No. Okay. That's it. All right. Well, That's a good see. one. Hey, our guest this week had all the talent and fierce competitiveness drive to stand out as a professional server, but decided to go the industry route instead. It's not the first. We've had a couple of these interviews where... People saw writing on the wall and just looked at other, other door openings and were stoked. This guy spent 16 years at Hurley as a sports marketing specialist, a global sports, sports marketing manager and then director of sports. I mean, I don't know. It's all marketing, but there's a bunch of different titles in there. He's uh, been involved in all and responsible for all the many great events and all the athletes and strategic strategic go-to marketing activations to help drive revenue globally for Hurley, which was owned by Nike, which had a lot of great resources. In the last two years, he's been at the inherent Bummer, and he's been contributing there, being a producer. I don't know. We're going to find out everything he does there, which is awesome. We love those guys, and we're pumped to welcome our HB Board Riders Club go-to double whammy, dropping top 10 all the time. Ripper, Brandon, Gilly, Gilmette. Yeah! And I want to emphasize our go-to double whammy because this guy... I want to emphasize how much he fucking rips. Fucking rips. Oh, thank you, guys. I I, I, <laughs> I call him... Surprisingly,
0: my, he fucking really rips.
1: As a compliment to one of your boss, former bosses, Pat O'Connor, I called you the Pat 2.0. Like, because... Yeah, thank s- you. Super smooth. I think... Hasn't there been yeah, uh, dude. hasn't there been
0: some uh, But like
1: never technically so good, never falls I wouldn't say never you know, we all fall. yeah but like I just was like wow that guy's got Didn't you get some footage great composure. beating
0: uh, Pat in a in a mock heat? Was it Pat? Pat O'Connell. No,
2: um there's a pretty funny video actually that Peter King made when he first started doing his Torn notes, right? Yeah. And Simpo's on the beach, and he's kind of like the coach. Yeah, he's my coach against oh, Colohe in Portugal. Okay, and Simpo's it's you know, Simpo Simpo's funny, like as he always is. I'm out there just eating, taking donuts on every wave, and is kind of ripping. So it's just it's it's a funny little no, but I think you surf
0: better than Colohe in that. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. No. No, I was
1: I was like <laughs> I don't know the, the, no, no. the I rem- stuff, I vaguely remember seeing that but yeah. I don't remember the to- context of like who who did what, but I don't know when you brought it up that
0: yeah. So I, I got it mix like, up. It was Pat against John John in, in the episode. Yeah. And it was you against Chloe in that episode. Yeah. 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 But I think Pat had a John John one. Yeah where yeah. he uh, you won that he took it up. to him. Yeah.
1: Anyways. This guy's pulled pulled some some huge wins for us in the uh didn't the you board did riders. stand in the board yeah.
2: riders i did um yeah that was like one of the first events i got to surf in and it was on south side left in the pier the waves were pumping that day and yeah it was i just i got a left in the pier i think when i first paddled out i got i got one good wave like kind of right away when I got to you know and, and so I had a lot of time left yeah and I was like okay I'm gonna just try and get one more and like hey if I better it then cool I think, not, yeah, I, think nothing I got to an live. eight on that wave and I was like okay like an eight on your sweet. first wave <laughs> but it was like three minutes in so I'm like okay I could still get another one with like it yeah. saved plenty of time yeah and then I went back I, I kind of knew where the spot was and so I epic. went there and the best part about it was punker Pat was right there and he and we worked together at the time and so, you know, there was a little bit of trash talk as we were, like, getting ready to go out. And there was no priority, too, because I had just got one. So I went back to my spot, get this next wave. Because I'm like, oh, my God, this is better than the wave I just got, like, looking at it. Yeah. And Pat was right there paddling, like, go right. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> went left again, had, like, a few turns and made to the shore break and, and hit it. And, um, yeah, I ended up getting a 10. It, that's, it, was, it was cool, man. That's it so it felt rad. I never got a 10 as like competing um, in like any pro event or anything like yeah. that. But just having like that be part of the team. Yeah. Like the board riders format. Yeah. Oh, I the energy. Like, that felt so cool. Like being in on the Lakers and you're like yeah. a three-pointer like at the buzzer. And yeah. Everyone's You win. We all we win. win. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was cool. We was talk fun. about HP board riders and just the whole West Coast board riders thing almost every episode and how special and cool – and how it makes the community that much better our surf community that much better and across the Absolutely country be. now so yeah yeah so Hats yeah, off to
2: the other day they were just saying you know there's up to like 30 clubs on the east coast now yeah. and and i think we have 20 here on the west coast yeah and just growing you know i'm sure Hawaii's gonna like
0: yeah like sean yano i think soon. is starting the chapter out yep. there yeah. yeah
2: sean yano's starting something out there.
0: so let's start at the beginning gilly all right where did it all begin
2: well, um, I guess my surfing journey kind of started. I I used to, um, I was born in Linwood. Linwood. Yeah, and I uh, I lived in Southgate till I was probably seven or eight, and then we moved to Downey, and I lived I lived there from. Like, A fucking s-
1: another Downey from from like surfing. Eight from, from eight eight one hood to the, the next. <laughs>
2: hood. Yeah, it was just kind of like that little bubble right there. Um,
0: Cause Linwood we, is bad. Yeah,
2: That's Linwood's pretty. Pretty rough. And Southgate
1: is, um, that's 7,
2: yeah. 10, and is good. Seven ten. Downey one. Yeah. So my uh, my grandma on my dad's side, she lived in Southgate, and my dad and his brothers and sister grew up in Southgate, and so we always stayed close to there. And then when my dad and I, my, my parents had separated, my dad and I uh, moved to Downey, and so we just lived in like you know a little apartment or whatever, and um, he would he would like take me to my grandmother's house like super early in the morning so she kind of like helped sort of raise me take me to school get me off doing my thing um and anyway we were just around town one day my dad bumped into this friend that he grew up with surfing when he was a kid so your dad surfed my dad surfed when he was younger and then he stopped for a long time kind of once the kids came um so anyway the uh his friend bill Lemelin, he was like hey i'm going to the beach like you should come surf i got a board if you want to go whatever and and then I think we ended up just, like, going to the beach with Bill. and What age are you? Seven? I was probably seven. So yeah, pretty young. I think I started at, like, seven. So we went to the beach, started surfing a little bit. My family would always um, go up to Carpinteria and camp, like, in mm. tar pits um, during the summer for a week. And so once I started kind of, like, getting my bearings on a board a little bit, like, you know, we'd go on a Saturday. And, like, that was kind of it. And then once we started going a lot, it was, like... We'd go Saturday and we'd go Sunday. Sometimes we'd go camp down at Sano and, like, spend the weekend and do that. So it was just weekend warrior for a long time. Um, so it was this guy Bill, you said? Bill, okay. yeah. And, and he was a
0: <clears throat> an avid surfer? Yeah. So okay. he was
2: my dad's really good friend growing up, and he just stayed surfing all the time and was, was you know, super He was exotic. an inland guy, too. He was an inland guy, too. Okay. grew up in Southgate and in Downey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What, what kind of board did you, like?
2: My first board? Get... my It was... Uh, you know, once we started going with Bill, my dad went to my, we went to my grandparents' house and we dug up like his old boards that he had. Wow. And I can't remember the shaper, but he had this like rad twin fin that was, I wish I had it, especially for this weekend. Right? Yeah. 80s comp. Are you doing um, it? Uh, I might go down there yeah. and see what kind of boards they got lying around. I don't have any boards, but um, I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. But um, yeah, it was just this like old twin fin of my dad's. And then I think the first board that he bought me was actually when we were in Carpinteria. Um, and we, we had been going for years, like, during the summer. And anyway, I have this these cousins that are a little older than me, these girls, um, Jennifer and Brenna. And, you know, all the local boys would come around and, like, hey, what's up? From and Carpinteria. They were, yeah, they'd know each other yeah. from the year before. And, yeah. Girls? And so this one Bring guy, up. <laughs> this one guy, he liked my cousin. And so he was a surfer and he, he would always come up with different boards like almost every day and I'm like, dude, I want one of these boards from this guy. Like, how does he have all these boards? And so, I asked him, I was like, hey, do you have any boards you'd sell me? And he's like, yeah. Like, I kind of, in front of my cousin, I was like, okay, he's gonna give me what I want
3: yeah, yeah. he wants, I yeah. like him.
2: Yeah. And so, I was like, all right. all right, like, came back down and he had this little, I think it was called, it was Dave White.
3: Hmm.
0: Uh,
2: kind of, I don't know who that is, but it was like a four foot five board with like pink rails. Wow. So and he was tiny. And yeah. yeah, and I was still super young. Yeah. Like, you know, I was probably 10 and I was really small. And uh, so he came down with that board and it was pretty old and a little bit beat up. But uh I was like, oh, oh, how much do you want for it? And I was like begging my dad, like, can I get it? Can I get it? And he's like, Give me five bucks. What? And my dad just was like, yeah, you're on. So I had this Dave White little board that I – then He probably I hijacked went like, it and stole it from somebody. Then I – yeah, that's kind of what I thought later on. As I, I got, got older, I was like, okay, I see where these are coming from. But, uh, yeah, I got this rad little board, and I think that's when I really kind of went like – I. I want to surf. And I'm, I'm sure that's it's like, super like more intricate.
1: appropriate size than what you were riding. Yeah. Right? I think I had
2: a six 2 twin fin something before that.
0: So Carpinteria and where else would you guys surf when you were little? Pretty much. Uh, we started going to bolsa a lot. We'd go to the cliffs
2: here and there. Um, and, but then really like we kind of connected with some other families that had kids around my age that were surfing when I was probably 10 um, at Bolsa,
0: at Tower 18. Yeah. So. Isn't my- it a trip though when you're that young and you're just getting into surfing and starting off at like Carpinteria, right? Like it's such a killer little beach. It's a little, it's, it's a hidden gem, you know, cause you can't yeah. ride yeah. over the ocean. Yeah. It's right? unreal. And the waves. Waves suck. The waves suck. It can get good every once in yeah. a great while. Did you ever get it good or was it?
2: Um, you know, when you're young, it just feels like it's always, was better always back then. Yeah but uh, I remember there being plenty of like fun days you know just like and when you're camping there you're just kind of sitting on it as a ground you're just like watching it all day and you're like oh (laughs) something happened the tide's right and it's good or like it's glassy right now and I'm out there and it just was so fun the
1: the short break when those like just growing up in Huntington like talking about the conditions yeah yeah. short break would be like I don't need to paddle outside like it's head high in the shore break and like it's like yeah you know it seems so much bigger and everything was like better yeah like you said totally did you pick up on it pretty quickly or
2: yeah i I think so I mean I think when you're when you're small like that it's kind of easy to be a little bit agile and you know you, uh the boards were so thick like I had these like 80s shapes you know so they're like there's a lot of foam so they're pretty stable and I'm, I'm small so it's just kind of like I think I kind of caught on to it pretty quick. I definitely know I got the bug, like, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so rad. And then, you know, when you're an inlander, like I was, right, and you you <laughs> go to these different surf spots and start seeing other kids and teenagers older than you, you get intimidated, and you're like, fuck, you know, like, did you experience that, like, the localism? or?
2: Um, not
0: really. I think I was so young
2: that, like, everyone kind of just welcomed me in a little bit which was pretty cool and then um especially when we were going to bolsa like that really became our like home beach yeah um at tower 18 uh so my first like surf friend i made was jeff faust um jeff faust yeah he's from huntington and uh and so jeff was like one or two years older than me and he was a really good surfer and he had already been surfing like a long time and so i was just like whoa who's this guy like he's He's like me, but he's like way better, and so I would look forward to surfing that much more because I had a friend that was there. And yeah. It was good, like not knowing it. at the time. I was like, oh, I, I like want to get better because he's that good. I want to be doing what he's doing. Yeah. And so it's sort of like, you know.
1: You need he, a sparring partner. Yeah, kind yeah. of. He kind of became like somebody that, to, to challenge yeah. you, someone to stoke you out. Yeah. And you're like,
2: oh, my friend's gonna be there. I'm. I mean, more come on. If you
1: get go. if you get a good wave, you want one of your your, your, your bros to yeah. see it or. Oh yeah. Of course. You know, yeah. Like that is, such so he was really good. good he
0: lived in Huntington and he surfed. Yeah, he's kind of a local at Tower Eighteen.
2: Yeah, and his his dad surfed there a lot. So like his dad and my dad became good friends, and and then Jeff was there, and then his dad had been surfing there a long time and had all these friends that were like regulars there. Yeah, and so that just Did became your our dad weekend get back like, into surfing to. too. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. So once Bill and my dad connected again, then my dad was like, oh, okay, cool. Like bought a new board, like fully into it nice yeah we started going like spotty here and there we were still fishing a lot and doing other stuff but then uh, but then yeah when we started surfing like full on then it became like every weekend like yeah
0: because you know. like living inland like you said it's it's these guys are fucking spoiled like jay lar and people I ride, who live at the beach yeah like, ride my bike yeah. or
1: skateboard down like every day and yeah yeah
0: yeah. And, like, for us that lived inland, like, you would be a weekend warrior. Yeah. And in the summertime, if you can ride your bike or get rides... I mean, you know, you were really lucky to get rides to the beach at that age, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and Southgate is fucking far. Deep. Yeah. Even farther than where I am. During the, during the
2: summer and stuff, it was... It was just a ride off during the week for me when my dad was working. I never got to go to the beach during like weekdays. Did you skateboard or anything? Um, Yeah, I I skated a little bit. Um, Gosh, during those days, you know, we uh, we moved to Downey. I kind of like was on my own little program. Like, at least when I went to Southgate, when I would go to my grandma's house, my cousin lived across the street and he was just like a couple years younger than me. But he was like not really into skateboarding or. Um, anything like that, but we'd just play, they had a pool, we'd go swimming, whatever. Yeah. So um so yeah, surfing for me was just absolutely like weekends only. If yeah. there was the rare day where it was like not windy and there's no surf line to like check the cams or yeah. nothing. But if there was a rare day where <laughs> there's like okay. no wind my and my dad got off work early enough, yeah. He'd be like, hey let's jam down and surf. What, uh
0: if you don't mind me asking what what did your dad do for work?
2: He was a um he, like, managed this big factory, like, a distribution warehouse hmm. that they shipped all these different food products and things, like, all over the country. So, yeah, yeah he did that for a long time.
1: So what, like, at what age were you kind of like, this is what I want to do. How do I get here every day? Like, you know? Like, yeah. Because, you know, like you said, summer has got to be brutal because you have all that downtime. School year, it's like, hey, I get it. It's winter. The days are short. But, like, summer rolls around. Were you trying to, like link up for sleepovers with other guys at the beach and yeah
2: yeah i think i s- i slept over at my friend jeff's house
1: i'll sleep times. on the couch i'll do the dishes i'll do it like i'll and sleep like, i'll take out the trash like we yeah. come crash for
2: sure yeah i think i slept over at jeff's house a few times and got to do that during the week and and i remember hearing it from jeff um like during summer he's just like oh man like i surfed all day like two days ago is good and i'm it's like brutal i'm like dude what the heck like how's yeah. how's this like i need to how do I get that life you know and um, I don't know I don't think when I lived inland I ever really like thought it was doable until I was like okay well once I get a driver's license or something then I guess Um, but uh, but yeah
0: were you into sports little
2: league or any of that not really like I remember asking my dad if I could play baseball at one point in time Um, and I had just maybe started doing some little surf contests like I think I did Mm. HB surf series my first contest ever Really? Um, yeah, at the pier. I How remember old? I was probably eleven or twelve. Wow. Yeah. Was um, that when
1: Seth was running it? Seth was running or it. I'm pretty D-Ball. sure.
2: Yeah. Seth before Deebal. Right? Yeah. yeah, before D-Ball. Um And I remember it was the first time I surfed the pier, and I like I was in a division that like everyone was quite a lot older than me. I remember Peter Labrador was in my heat, and I was, oh. like, I was like, well, I've heard about him in the Labrador. and stuff, and I was like. <laughs> Kind of tripping on that too, and then uh, just paddling out by the pier. I'd never done that before, so I was like, I was scared. I was like, "Well, this is gnarly. Like these guys are all like old and whatever." I think I like got third out of four in the heat, and it was all good. But once I competed surfing, I was like, "Oh, that was sick. I want to keep doing that." And I remember asking my dad. Long story short, but uh, if I could play baseball, a couple friends from school were playing baseball, and I wanted to do that. And he's like, "Yeah, let's sign you up for baseball." Like, but when you have a game on the weekend, we're not gonna be able to go surf, you're gonna be playing baseball. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, really? Like that's how that <laughs> works? I was like, All right, I don't can't want to set the schedule bad, bad idea. I'm dude. good. Sorry. Bad idea. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So I uh I was Forget interested I in up. stuff like that during <laughs> recess and like play basketball, soccer, baseball, whatever with, with friends, but when it came to like sports, I pretty much was like I surfing thing's cool yeah so so
1: going back to that hbs like how did you find out about the event and like how did like how did you sign up
2: yeah jeff did one uh like a maybe a month or a couple months before i did or maybe even the year before and you know down at hss there was always flyers they had like a bulletin board of like all these contests coming up nssa and whatever and i think you know i kind of asked a couple people like hey i've never done one what's a good one and they said that one you know yeah nssa is obviously like skill level like advanced and stuff like that so i was like okay this is cool like i'm gonna check it out and jeff had done it so jeff and i both entered our like first few events together yeah did, did you have success at all or you know early on i don't think so i think you know maybe they they used to have an nssa junior and when i got into that I probably like made a few heats here and there. I never like won anything like right out of the gates or, yeah. or nothing. But remember, NSA Junior was when I first felt like had a couple heat wins, and I was like, "Oh, that's sick!" And there was still like Timmy Reyes was surfing in those things, and he was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, Micah Byrne was around. Like maybe did a couple of those. They might have already graduated onto like the open season or whatever. Yeah. But But uh, but yeah, like I, I kind of got the competitive bug I'm, I'm a competitive person anyway so yeah. i like to have that for sure well it's
0: like it's it's crazy because like the struggle of being an inland surfer and like watching guys that you know like you you don't really know how good you could surf unless you surf all the time you know what i mean and, yeah. and, and you're watching these you and
1: know, surround yourselves with like Good locals surfers. and surfers that, yeah, you, you kind of can gauge on where you fit in, you know, like, hey, those guys are way better or you know what, like, I feel, you know, like yeah, it's all perspective Cause, but it's also because
0: it's so it's such an unfair advantage right, like, them living at the beach and surfing and you're surfing in a contest with them yeah. and and sometimes you beat them right, and, and you're thinking fuck, if only, you know I could surf every day Yeah, like,
1: but, but Lyndon, I grew up with Again, he didn't have the accessibility to go surf every day. I grew up with guys that surfed as much as I did, and they just didn't have the talent. Yeah, whatever—the yeah. talent, the drive, the, the whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever. You know, there's a lot of things you could, you know. But, but what I'm saying. But
0: yeah, he he could have been. In your mind, did you ever think that? Like, fuck, man, if only For I sure. lived by the beach, I would fucking yeah. smoke these guys. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I don't
2: think I had like the fire. Like for competing like that, of like, oh, I want to like win this contest. Like that hadn't penetrated my brain yet. I sort of was just like, this is fun. Like, yeah. and and you got a couple prizes and you get Damn, a t right. shirt and I was yeah. like, and was your like, dad's got he's cool. starting to get psyched. Like, wow. Yeah, and it's you like, know hey, my mom is fucking. He surfs and yeah, you know, my dad likes surfing. He like watching me surf. And I mean, what's instead not... of going to the baseball field and sweating it out and <laughs> yeah. like, what. In Inglewood, yeah. we're, we're at the beach. What's
1: that's not cool. to like, you're at the beach, which you're already going to go do. You're you're at a contest with like a bunch of, you know, it's a, it's a contest. You're, yeah. You you want to win, but you're getting a shirt. You're getting a goodie bag. Yeah. You're, it, it's pretty much like a, a, an all-day experience or a weekend experience that yeah. is like, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, Like that's how I felt when I grew up. I'm like, I don't want to be on the soccer field or baseball field or anywhere else. I want to be
0: here, beach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your dad handled that pretty perfectly. Yeah, we'll sign you up. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saturdays aren't going to be surfing.
1: Yeah, I remember
2: that. And I just remember going like, oh, that sounds Yeah, it's all. There's a, there's a contest That's in so- Santa Cruz. There's a oh, contest cool. in San Diego. Like, yeah. 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 So, yeah, that was fun. That's That was kind of like the beginning of me surfing.
0: Okay. So, you start seeing these other guys, Micah Byrne, Tim, Tim Reyes, you. and you see these logos on their boards, and their boards are like... <laughs> You know, they have the best wetsuits. They have the best fucking surfboards. Yeah. I, are you starting to go, fuck, man, like, I want that?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, on the early days of competing, like when we finally moved to Huntington and... So when did you finally move to Huntington? I was about 12, yeah. So my dad met my stepmom. It was like a New Year's Day, I remember, and the waves were super good. We were at Tower 18, and my, my, I was surfing, and my dad was sitting on the beach watching me. My stepmom, she surfs too, so she had rolled up, and she was just like, "Whoa, who's just like little kid out there?" And he's like, "Oh, that's my son." And so they started talking.
1: You're the one that made the magnet. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You huh? dad had a dog. Yeah, he 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 who's that? Yeah. Who's that ripper out there? that's oh, my kid. And you know, it turned. He's just yeah. chip yeah. off the old block. I remember that. <laughs> you yeah. should see me out there.
2: No, I remember. I was like scared that day because it was pretty big and and like a lot of people had gone in but I was like too scared to catch a wave and I'm just like oh my god so it was just like hey there's only one guy out there like it's you know my kid but anyway um, yeah so they met like they started dating and then like shortly after they were like hey they both she lived in Whittier and they both were like let's move to Huntington yeah which is you're like hell yeah marry that woman it's funny because at (laughs) the time I had just started this new school in Downey that I was going to. I used to live in Downey and go to school in Southgate. so like none of my friends lived near me. And I started this new school where I had all these friends close by, and but they obviously weren't surfers. But when they go, hey, we're gonna move to Huntington, I was just like, what? No way! Like I just like feel like I'm settling in here. Yeah. I, I was just I kind of like fought them on it a little bit, and obviously I'm a little kid. Yeah. Had not really any say. And then anyway, we moved to Huntington. Where to? the part. I lived up off of like Bulls Chica and Edinger. Yeah. Kind of behind Marina. Bicycle so, distance. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Downhill. <laughs> uh, One way. I started at Springview and that's where Jeff went. So I was like, oh, okay. Like this is kind of cool. And like, I think it, it might've been my first day or like the first week, but I got put into woodshop class Sick. and it was with uh, a few of my like best friends that I like now say i grew up with um were all in that class and they they had that, like sixth grade it was uh seventh, seventh grade? grade yeah and middle they, school they all had like you know shop was over and rusty and like all the you know quicksilver brands on now were so you was wearing like, that kind of like, stuff oh,
0: okay yet?
2: yeah i probably had like you know thrift store like old stuff and whatever but i was into like billabong yeah and stuff of like course that. yeah yeah um but uh I could just spot it from my way. I'm like, oh, these guys probably surf. And they had, like, little wooden surfboards they were, like, messing on in class. And I was like, oh, sick. And I was, like, trying to kind of, like, get in, in with these guys. And they were sort of like... Beat it,
1: Downey. If I'm
2: Downey, you, like, you don't surf, whatever. And I'm like,
0: oh, right, fucking whatever. Fuck it, you your ass off.
2: and um, <laughs> That was weird. Yeah, so... That was weird. <laughs> that was around the time when I started, like, competing more often. And so... I told those guys like oh yeah there's a contest coming up like are you guys doing that one and they're like yeah we're, we're in it and I was like okay cool and, cause uh, I'm gonna
0: beat you no, no I wasn't <laughs> like that but I'm
2: like okay sick I'm gonna see you there and then I remember um, just being down and seeing them all at the beach that day and like I had I like had one heat that like they saw and they were like oh he does surf yeah. like I made the heat this and, kid from Downey and they are like oh okay cool and like they we all became friends um, yeah. but yeah. that was like Travis Frey, hey. Casey Severson, Jeff Joyce, Brent Lockham. Oh, those, those were like my core group of friends I grew up with.
1: That's so fucking awesome. The icebreaker. Yeah. He surfs. He, he serves. kind of fucking rips. And he, he rips. rips. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll let him we'll adopt him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I can just imagine Travis and fucking Jeff Joyce and Casey. Is it Casey? Casey Severson. Severson. Severson, yeah. Yeah.
2: And all those guys at one point in time worked to HSS too. Yeah, like we all we all worked I know. there together. I, yeah. I was there. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> I was a guy. I, I managed them. right? <laughs> you know. But it's so funny. Like, they're like, "Wait, he's you're from Downey. You don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, you're from yeah. Downey.
2: Yeah, you got the old ass Billabong shirt. Like, we got the new stuff. Like, whatever. Nah, they're cool, but it was because they're all, like, all, yeah, they all pretty good. All those guys are pretty good. Yeah. You know? They're all really good.
0: Travis cars. is probably a little bit better than those other guys. Yeah, Travis. At that
2: time. Travis was definitely surfing really, really well. Brent was like the best in the group for a while. Brent like, Locken. Brent Locken. Yeah, yeah. He was just like bigger than us and powerful and like did big carves and it, like. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone had their little thing about him. You know that they were like good at.
0: So you guys all started off together in middle school at Springview. Yep. Casey was a
2: boogie boarder, actually, at first. No! At first, yeah, for a little while. But Dick he Drager. transitioned, like,
3: <laughs> right at eighth... Dick, Dick Drager?
1: <laughs> at eighth grade, or That's like what we called him back in the day. When yeah. you're, you know, like, that's just... Uh, you follow that Instagram,
0: uh, Shacked Magazine? Mm-mm. <laughs> Look it up. Today they put... Either either today or yesterday. Yeah. So it's, it's like Venice Beach. Yeah. And the little wall on the Strand... Somebody spray painted Dick drag all the time. Well, it's the like house. there was a lot
1: of boarders when we grew up. They were called halfmen. Halfmen, yeah. Yeah, and it's like everybody had their coin. I didn't, you know. We just repeated what was already. Yeah.
0: So, dude, <laughs> what a stroke of luck, being able to move to Huntington. Right. Uh, that is. And it was because yeah. your dad was on the beach watching you surf, and his future wife walks up and looks out and sees you. Ripping and, and that's the icebreaker
1: that. right there.
2: Yeah, I think before I paddled out I actually saw her in the lot and I was like, hey, do you have any wax and she gave me some wax and then Then I went out so that kind of like They started yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: that's so yeah. rad. Yeah, and then <laughs> you know here you are Did coming Does dad in.
0: make you do that all the time? Hey, <laughs> 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 like, go ask that girl for some wax.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> one finally,
0: <right? laughs> this one, that one
2: finally took the bait.
1: <laughs> so true but like here you are coming to Huntington all the time to surf you know and and it just you know like you could have met a chick and you could have been South Bay or somewhere else or you know like yeah. you already had your buddy Jeff that you met you know a couple times and like that was it's, was it's, he at your school too yeah Jeff was at the school so okay. it was cool
2: like my first day like I went to his house we walked to school together and I was like oh this is kind of cool you yeah know? And then once I made friends, like any thought of like I didn't want to move to Huntington was just like, phew,
0: yeah. That was gone. I mean, you are so lucky that you got to do that. Yes. And then the crew that you met up with that are still your, your lifelong friends. Yeah. Like that's pretty fortunate. Yeah, right? very, very fortunate. And like you, the people that you hang out with, right? They say that, what do they say? They say you lay down with dogs, you get fleas, right? What? You never heard that expression? You never heard that. See? <laughs> Just smart people. Oh, okay. hear Stuff like yeah. that. But right. you know what I mean like you, Dogs, you, you, you you hang out with people and that's what you become, right? Like and those guys are good people they fucking rip right yeah yeah
2: so great great people man i couldn't ask to have any like better friends so
1: what was like the progression on like boards you're in huntington like you know you're seeing what these guys are riding like what do you like who yeah who's the
0: first kid in that group to get sponsored
1: um probably
2: travis and and brent maybe they were super into it like for for a hot minute um
0: Getting in the contest and stuff. And yeah, that.
2: getting in the contest and just like reaching out. Like, I remember in the magazines, like, there was always like a phone number and an address I think to something. Travis so, told us about trying to get sponsored by yeah, somebody. we'd like yeah. call the company, call them and like, hey, like, we serve, we're from Huntington. Like, would you guys want to sponsor us? And like, you know, most of the time they're just like, no. But then yeah. sometimes they'd go, yeah, like, what's your name? What's your deal? Like, yeah. what do you do? You remember know? Rob doing that do with, a a, with the
1: skate zine? Like, yeah, yeah, same Love thing. Rosco. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, doing the same thing, like, sending out little like info yeah. about yourself. So they're like,
2: "Hey, do you have a resume?" And we're like, "No." What's a resume? <laughs> like, okay, well, tell me about yourself. Do you do any contests? Your results, like pictures. So I'm just like, "All right." Like my stepmom, I was like, "Hey, you got a camera? Like you you want to use it on me? Like start taking some photos of me surf." So she would take pictures of like me and all the boys surfing in a bunch, and we throw that in like a little letter and send it off and you know hopefully here's contest results contest results yeah so like, Brent yeah, and Travis so can. first sponsors yeah. I think their first sponsor was Pure Juice and it was kind of when Pure Juice like just come out they just Kelly signed on and it was like they signed on with Pure I, Juice I, and I it was remember like, that yeah what dude like Kelly Slater rides for Pure Juice like, yeah. are you kidding me like, worst shoes ever
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember like I, 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 I thought totally later. they were on. so yeah. bad yeah
2: and yeah yeah but that was funny that was really classic
1: because we you know getting you know a sponsor and putting a logo on your board is like it it kind of just pumps you up yeah it elevates your fucking status dude it's for sure all the above and and we we laugh about how like when you do get a sponsor like you are the biggest like you know like banner flag of the brand you know like stickers everywhere totally. like, i can't like, wear
2: that that's not my sponsor like yeah. i have to be this yeah. it's toe. Like
1: the, you're so proud
2: yeah
0: you know proud and well it's, it's funny because you come from inland yeah one surfer out of a hundred and now you're in a pool of all surfers yeah right and like that's going to make you even surf better now you know yeah
2: totally so the after school sessions and stuff, you know, Travis's mom, like all of our parents like ended up, uh, my, my parents probably did the least cause they both worked far away. But, uh, yeah, they'd take us, drop us off, pick us up. So it was like, started going after school all the time. And then, you know, during summers I was like riding the bus with Jeff, you know, I'd link up with Jeff and we'd get on the bus and like ride down and we'd go to the pier and started surfing the pier a little. And, uh, yeah, just kind of like it was all as easy as it could get yeah you know what, what
1: was that like going to the pier was it intimidating or you guys just knew ways were better and bigger or like yeah we kind of knew it was better because you bigger. did a couple contests there you went it wasn't your go-to spot because yeah. it wasn't close it but. definitely
2: didn't feel as comfortable sometimes we'd end up just at warner because mm. uh you didn't have to transfer on the bus yeah. so you could just take the number 70 bus i think it was and it would take you straight down there drop you off here that you kids have to wait for the number bus. one Sometimes you're like, hey, the number one like is coming in an hour. Yeah. So we'd wait around there by jacking the box and like da da da. A like, couple of two tacos for ninety nine. Yeah. We go, hey, let's just surf right out here. Like, yeah. who cares? And We're it gets surfing.
1: pretty it can be really rippable and good out there, yeah, for sure. And depending on the time of people in the day, and
2: all that too. So it's back
1: in nice.
0: the day was it Tower thirty three? Or 26? 33 twenty six? Thirty three or twenty six was I like, think both. Was like the spot where all the like yeah.
1: Warner. Yeah. Yeah. Balsa. Sometimes
2: we'd bring a skateboard with us onto the bus too if we wanted to surf like into <clears throat> Bolsa a little. So we'd just skate down there with our board and, yeah. and go do it. And yeah, like you said, like, you know, have five bucks for lunch and just go, okay, like two tacos and a jumbo jack. That was like yeah. two bucks. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Wow. Dude, how,
0: like looking back on how simple your life was <laughs> and how awesome it was, like yeah. every day you knew what you were going to do. Is just fucking surf. Yeah. Right? That's it. Like, that's it. Nothing like, because you just had a towel in the summertime, you had Best babysitter on baby the planet. You a spring suit, a backpack, and you're bored. Right? And yep. you would just plop your towel down and fucking just surf your brains out.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Do it all over. Best day, best day ever. Oh my God. Over yeah, and over and day. over.
2: Just lay in the sand. Getting yeah. Hot. I, I blow through that's
1: my right. five bucks before like noon, you know, because I had to eat and then we just go bum money and just, you know, get yeah. changed. I did that. Me and my
0: friends survived on a dollar fifty, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did the bumming For the day a little. Well, uh,
1: it went, you know, we're on you know, the Pier of Main Street. They're, you know, strips and cheese were a little expensive. A little bit more pricey. Yeah, Wimpy's was a little more expensive. Yeah, yeah. that zip code is a little bit <laughs> more expensive.
0: <laughs> the
2: uh, I, I, Yeah, I remember I was bumming money, too. Like, there used to be the Taco Bell right there next yeah. to HSS. And so... I'd sit out there and, like, you know, I'm a little kid, like, toe-headed little blonde surf rat, and people are just like, oh, my God, like, yeah, here's a couple bucks. Like, whatever. Here's like, a quarter. Like but I remember, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't remember which one of them. It was Keith or Chris Malloy came up, and I was just like, "No oh, way!" God, this is one of the Malloys. Like, this is gnarly. And I was like, hey, man, I've just been surfing all day. Like, I'm hungry. You got a buck or something? And I, dude, you know, I think he gave me, like, 20 bucks. Shut and I was just up. like, favorite surfer. that is so epic you just it was chris or keith i can't remember so long ago but uh but yeah once i started surfing the pier more i kind of just got comfortable with it and like and tower two became like my spot spot where i was like okay yeah my yeah tower (laughs) two on the weekends at bolsa or like at a contest or something like i want to find a way to get to the pier the waves are better there's kids my age like ripping like, yeah. like I want to be there and then you know I made friends with like a couple kids I don't even remember who the first kids like from Huntington that surf down there I made friends with but they'd be like oh we're gonna go to Sugar Shack and we'd go there and like Michelle Turner would just like Write us a bill on the thing and it was zero dollars. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I got all you guys. We just like pancakes, eggs, bacon. We're just like, dude, I bumped five bucks. I don't even need to spend it. Like, yeah, yeah okay, dial. Like, obviously, Grom, no tip, just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, zero sorry. dollars? I try yeah. to make it right now. But, uh, <laughs> but dude, I can't even name, yeah, I can't even. Remember how many free breakfasts and lunch and stuff they did, oh, and everyone. She did that for everyone in the whole. Community. Yeah, we had we had That's cool.
1: We had a sponsor, and they had a, a board, and we'd go right on the days we ate, and yeah, and, yeah, and like three meals a I'm week like, or whatever. Yeah, I, 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 we passed my I'm hungry, you know. Oh, was just Yeah, it was like for sure yeah. saved, you know. But
0: isn't it crazy, life. like when when you start getting better and you start going to the spots right the better spots and how like it does take time to like earn your spot or yeah. earn your ways because there's dudes out there
1: yeah graduating to the uh, pier right and like and finding your place billy webb. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah i mean billy webb is is a great example you see him and you're like intimidated gnarly. like he's got a board with this giant spiderweb black widow on the bottom i remember and i was just like whoa yeah don't listen to that, that guy, guy but he's hanging around tower Two, and i'm like all right well that's where my friends are hanging i guess i'm hanging there
3: yeah.
2: you know but he's a great guy
3: yeah
2: you
1: know? yeah oh, dude, all, but, all uh, the all the not all but most of the guys like you know at tower two hanging you know you know in the summertime most of them are pretty like harmless cool. Yeah. cool yeah you know they're like just like bigger versions of us. Like, I just want to surf all day, try to, you know, connect some chicks, go to a party tonight, you know. But, yeah. like, they were no bullshit type of dudes when, like... In the shit, water? Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: in the water, for you, sure. would, you ain't on. looking at waves if they're taking. No, we need yeah. ten, more,
1: 10 more of you guys out here to, like, clear yeah. the lineup.
2: So, but honestly, I think in those days, it was, like, the Groms, like, you surf the inside. That yeah. was just it. You weren't going out the back. Like, I don't remember going out the back at the pier for a long
1: time. Well, oh, could know? you imagine, like... And and I, and I love this little kid, little Cruz. You know, yeah. he's out there getting pushed in by that. Nobody's getting pushed in. Yeah. I never got pushed in ever. Yeah. I couldn't even surf the outside. Yeah, they tell me, beat it, freaking Grom. Go, you're going to the kitty bowl. Get inside. Like I was getting shout out. Like get out, yeah, get off right. the cake. Out. And I'm I, like,
0: I did post this video, but I was on the beach when you got uh, third in the contest.
1: Oh god.
0: <clears throat> but the guy I, I don't who
1: was who was commentating. Uh, Bryce Myrtle. Was that Bryce Myrtle? Yeah,
0: it didn't sound like him. Yeah. But anyways, Bryce was talking about. Yeah, uh, I remember uh, Jay. You know, when he started starting to rip, and he would be sitting on the inside all the whole time, and then all of a sudden, here he is, like out the back. And we're like, dude, what are you
1: doing out here? I know. And then, <laughs> I was getting so like heckled, like you know, as a kid, like trying to like. But the show's not about late night. Uh, hey, since the you show's brought show's about Gilly, sit wait. Side note, it's gonna be about me for a second. Mm-hmm. Bryce Myrtle, he was a big dude. Like they're like football like yeah. lineba- line line linebacker like style dudes. And yeah. I'm on Northside and it was a small day. Pete comes in and there's like him and like two or three other dudes paddling, and I'm like I'm like paddling out, I have nowhere to go. You know? So I try to like duck dive, knowing like, dude, he's coming straight at me he tries to bunny hop me no joke he's dropping in and he tries to do like a bunny hop and like oh my gosh you. me like it didn't yeah. cut me but i had Brucey. i had two like two gnarly bruises on my leg and he's like, i thought i could get over you grom like and you know i had this like dead leg luckily it was not not harmless but like i you know, <laughs> like you see that sometimes, like guys that oh, have dude, to do I errors and stuff, and they, you know, they could get. I'm like, this guy's like, you know, at the time probably 200 pound like linebacker. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Bryce Myrtle. Hey. So can you hook me up with uh, one of our sponsored beers from Shoots Beer Lager? This is a, a Japanese blend. Thank Hank you, Compton.
0: Chris Slowly and yeah. Shane Magnuson dude. of Shoots. Another round.
1: Schutes. Beer. Shoots. Shoots. Um,
2: but yeah. yeah um, that's a great name. I can't believe there's not a beer named Right? So,
1: so shoot. Some
2: Hawaiian, like, lager thing. Uh, this is a Japanese lager. Yeah. yeah
0: it's unreal. You're not ready for one now, right? No, I'm good. Thank yeah. you. Um, so you're starting to get good. Now, are the your friends, Travis, Brent, Jeff, are they starting to go to the pier with you, too?
2: Um, a little bit. Their, their zone was more at the cliffs. Like, they always went to Tower 22 which was super fun as well. Yeah. You know, less people like, you know, sometimes there's yeah, really yeah. good sandbars down there and stuff too. Um, they always kind of gravitated towards that spot. And at some point, like it was probably more once we got into high school that I sort of started to like want to go there, you know, I think go I, to the pier, go to the pier. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, you'd asked about like the boards and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. It was like kind of looking at these contests and like, You know, I was riding riding what I was riding this you know, my next board was like a six one or a six two like thruster. (laughs) I'm still like a little guy, you know. Yeah. But I could surf on it a little bit and I was just like I was like, dang man, these guys are riding like boards made for them. I'm getting kinda like off the rack or whatever, like, you know, some used board. It was a good deal and I had it for a long time. I had a couple boards like that and then finally I think I convinced my dad to like let me get something like a little smaller, and I was like, "No, I can ride it. You know, it'll work." And I think he was like worried about me like outgrowing it or something. And yeah, like, for sure. Like, Frick! I just especially spent, like, when they're spending four hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, once I got that, and I started like like okay, the best guys that are winning these contests, they're surfing there, yep. and, and that's where I want to be. Yeah, that's where and all so the I events got, are. Like, the equipment like they're riding, and I got the
1: And that's what's great about being involved in the events you know and I always say it's like yeah you you could always you know do well and even if you lose out you're still hanging out for the day and like even when you don't have a jersey on and you're you're warming up or just free surfing on the side of the event you still feel like you got to put on a performance you got to up your your performance you know because like everybody's watching you always want to do like a good turn and I remember like in contests I mean I'm gonna surf right next to it because at that time, all the team managers were on the beach all day, anyways. Back in the day, and I'm like, I want to flare up next to the contest because I wasn't winning heats a lot, so I just wanted to make sure. We was, knew that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But no, it's like being at the being at the contest was like you know as important as you know doing well in it. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't it kind of weird though? Like,
0: it's another thing that makes a big difference in your life of like how much better you can get. Uh, from one surf spot to the next. You know what I mean? Cause like well you you lay with dogs, you get fleas, right? <laughs> right? But
1: but tr- but yeah, like north you said, side, traveling to different waves and different yeah. breaks. But
2: Northside is like there's, there's kids' so rage, much more than there's like Danny Nichols and yeah. Jay Larson, like oh, you Oops.
3: guys just <laughs> I
2: was you know, you'd see them paddle out and you're like, whoa, that's yeah. another level, you know? Yeah. Voluptuous you know, we'd run that thing through the ringer a million times over and over. Oh, no. Large, you had to bring too, up was, Voluptuous. was like <laughs> yeah. one of the bangers in that movie. Yeah. So it was just like, whoa, like this guy's in the movies and like he's gnarly. Yeah, know? there's so, a
0: couple dudes from Huntington at that time yeah. when you were younger that were like at the forefront of surfing. Yeah. I D-bar. mean, then you go
2: d yeah. and you're like, okay. And then there's like Brandon Tipton who's like, they're yeah. barely older than me the turners sean ward micah byrne timmy reyes like dude there's Nickel- just a lot of people yeah like danny nichols like yeah that are just so good yeah that you, it's just like watching a surf video when you're surfing so yeah you're like
0: okay. And, you know the that talent is on north side and south side proper yeah. right and there's not that that caliber of surfing going down at tower 22 yeah
2: you know what i mean and i mean travis and brent and all my friends like we all surfed you know similar and like they're great surfers yeah but it felt like the best guys i was like okay well the the best guys that i have access to they're right down the road like why would i not go there and like just to watch i mean like anything you know you hang around like the right people yeah. places like it starts to rub off on you yeah
1: well i i i rode for quicksilver and they used to do these workouts at 54th street and you know on tuesdays and that opened my eyes because we'd go down there every once in a while like surf 28th street or blackies when we were like younger and you never really surfed the upper jetties because i was you know like 12 14 you know like not yeah not very old and then like you get that teenage teenage years and then you're starting to surf and you see all the pros and like well yeah all the pros are at 54th 56th yeah you know maybe 28th but like you're you know you're going again like you're like you just described like you're seeing that at all these like little hot spots whether it's creek or lowers or you know you go to oceanside and you know like the the places that would be are like you know go-to surf spots you know so
0: would you and the boys like sit and watch voluptuous and like the taylor steel stuff oh yeah yeah I mean just yeah, go to somebody's house and just yeah, fucking Yeah, I mean it's dude. It's such a different
2: time now with the internet and stuff, but that, dude, there was no internet yeah. at that point still. Yeah. You know? It was, so once it was a year VHS. there was like a VHS came out, Taylor probably put one a year out, like kind of like clockwork for a few years. Yeah. So then there was a handful of other people making a movie, Lost, and and Snapping Turtle that did voluptuous, like yeah. so and, and whatever the Palmer. one was, like I remember Travis kind of had all of them you know he was the one that like the day it came out there, like we're going to hss we're getting the movie <laughs> before we serve i remember that's that yeah. so um yeah we just sit around and just like slow-mo rewind like what and like try and mimic it like watching it and just like how do you do that and just dissecting every single thing you know yeah. and like finding like who's your guy you yeah know, my, like who was your guy my guy was bruce once once there was like Bruce Irons came out yeah yeah. I think before that I I really liked Rob Machado a lot he was like my favorite I kind of had like a Taylor Knox Rob Machado like phase and then Taylor was on
1: Rusty yeah I was on Rusty that was like
2: and uh and once I saw Bruce Irons I was just like I mean every kid probably but I was just like this is it like this guy's like he's James Dean he's freaking he surfs all. good. He can rides the backside barrel with no hands. Charges. Yeah. Charges. Like, he's got a does the like hugest hairs <laughs> and he's just an attitude. Everything about him is just like, whoa, this guy's like iconic. Yeah. You know? And and I sort of was like, I want to look like that when I surf. Yeah. You know? So, so uh, what was your first sponsor? Or who was my your first, first sponsor? sponsor? You know Kevin Ashford? Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin used to have this little surf shop called Surf Addiction. Okay. Um, it was in like Fountain Valley maybe okay. and and Jeff my friend he got sponsored by them like maybe Kevin met him at a contest wow or something I didn't know and saw him. Kevin had a shop and and I was like oh that's so rad you're sponsored by Surf Addiction like the shop and we, I went there with Jeff one day just to like see it and I was like you know it, it's a surf shop I was like well this is so cool inland this is your sponsor yeah in Fountain Valley I okay. believe and, uh, and then Jeff I was like hey will you ask him if he'll sponsor me too and he's just like yeah, no worries. Yeah. So he asked Kevin, like, "Hey, will you sponsor my friend?" He's like, "Of course." I'm just like, "Sick! What do I get?" Like, some stickers.
0: <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah a bar- How many stickers?" A bar, <laughs> a bar of wax. <laughs> and dude, I
2: think he gave me like some wax and yeah. like, a hat, a T-shirt that said "Surf
0: Addiction," and I was just like, "Dude, I'm on the team." Like, and you got a sticker to put on your board, which is a yeah. huge accomplishment and milestone in your young. Career,
3: right?
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So well, you uh, starting
0: to do more and more contests, and then
2: yeah, at that point, I think I was I was competing pretty regularly. You know, there's always the HP Surf Series. There was like CCSA. There was NSSA. With the boys Open doing Explorer, them too. Junior. Yeah, I think you know Travis was doing quite a few, and Brent was doing quite a few. Um, I think I kind of like got way more into it and was like doing. Even the one the weekends they had off, I was like finding one like, "Dad, can I do this one?" Like, you know, because my dad's like fronting the bill on all this stuff still, and so he's just like, "Yeah, cool, like, let's do it." And we just go, you know, spend the weekend down there, whichever one it was. That's cool. And yeah, it was super super fun. So, who was your first like major sponsor? My first major sponsor. Gosh, I had a bunch of like random sponsors for a while, but I think like I never really did very well like as a young kid. like I probably had like some finals and won some like smaller events and stuff like that. But then once I was like 16, 17, 18 is when I like something clicked for me and I, I think I got on some good boards. Sean Jensen was making my boards. Oh, and, wow and uh, I used to live down the street from his factory and I'd go up there every day after school and just like check it out what he's doing, sweeping up the floors, whatever and get chased around by waterman waterman one time like, oh my god stripped his clothes off and chased me around the whole parking lot and, and jensen what? sat there laughing and i'm like mortified just like what is going on like but waterman waterman yeah great great chris ryan. Chris, chris, ryan. Ryan. chris
0: ryan chris ryan chris ryan chris Waterman, the waterman. <laughs> yeah that guy yeah yeah
1: literally the waterman yeah, yeah.
0: he lives in arizona now no way yeah Wow, he okay. he stalks us on Instagram.
1: Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he, sent, he
0: tries to uh,
2: send me like Facebook messages. I see emails come through like Chris the Waterman Ryan. I sent you a Facebook message <laughs> once <laughs> in a while, but I I don't look at Facebook. Sketchy, so much. sketchy. Yeah, I, I'm not opening. I know it's something <laughs>
0: so, so weird. Yeah. Chris, uh, Sean Jensen was your first board sponsor. Yeah. Nice. So Jensen
2: kind of like dialed me in on some really good boards. He's yeah. he's an incredible shaper. You know his yeah. his thing was that he's just like. He's so into so many things, I feel like, that, yeah. you know, he'll shape, and then he'll just be like, oh, like, I'm I'm starting to build all these kite boards. I'm like, this is way before, like, Lenny, obviously, or, like, yeah. anyone was really doing that. I'm like, what is that? Like, that's lame, dude. Like, just, yeah. my, where's my board? Yeah. Man, yeah, he was, board? dude. See, yeah, he, he was, was like, of, like, the first. like, go off on to get like and the, the, stuff, but he had a machine. Yeah, he was which, the first like, to get, like, no the, one yeah. had machines. Which like, was, like. He was cutting boards for yeah. Lost and stuff, and, like. I don't know, he had he had some really, really good boards. Like some of my best boards when I was a kid was like Sean made me like some incredible boards. Okay. Yeah. So I got on his boards and I you know I had the surf addiction thing going. I think, you know, once I was uh like seventeen, uh, Pod hooked me up with counterculture. What? And counterculture Epic. at the time, it was like smaller brand but it was legit like they flea. had bobby at yeah. dino and dino
1: And, Death had Death Bob and Bob. Yeah. like
2: they had a gnarly team and, yeah and i was like flea flea, oh. flea was, was on like, there flea. oh yeah flea was on there yeah and so i rode for counterculture for a hot minute um and that was hot. rad dude i was like really really
0: stoked to be that's kind of a big deal yeah it was sick because it was a, a local, local brand, brand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but
1: it was yeah they came out you know right when like S P and split you know like that yeah. kind of Ezekiel. within a few years uh, yeah Ezekiel, They just a whole new you know crop of, crop of, of, of killing brands but yeah. they were surfer owned you know and like yeah they they just had good shit and they yeah, had God. their own look who started it Shui and uh, yeah Mark, Pat uh, really. yeah, Pat. yeah okay yeah.
0: so pod
1: yeah, said, Bob hey. was like the
2: team manager or something. And, dude, I honestly can't even remember, like, how it came about. But they used to do a rad little Grom series during the summer that was free. And it was just, like, every kid got, like, prizes. Like, it was, like, the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, yeah, show up and just, like, participation award. Like, yeah. everyone got, like, a participation something. goodie yeah. bag. And then if you made the finals, it was, like, on top of that. Yeah. surfboards, surfboard, skateboards, like, gift cards. Just, you name it, you know. And it was just, yeah. like, holy smokes. And it was all free. And uh, and I remember I won one of those things, and I think that's when Pod was like, "Hey, like, you don't have any sponsors? Like, what's your deal?" Um, I think at that time, maybe I was still even riding like these old boards that I had, this like six zero, had a six zero Bruce Jones shortboard. board, um, and and Pod picked me up, and then shortly after that, I think I started riding for Jensen's Jensen. boards. Yeah,
0: nice. What was your first job?
2: My first job was, uh, I worked at Vons, <laughs> the grocery store, Cross Street from Marina High School. Nice. So yeah, I was in high school, I was going to Marina, and and Jeff bag got boy? a job at Vons. Yeah. Cart guy? And was like, yeah, you kind of, all of it, that's your yeah. that's your zone when you first start, <laughs> is you're on the carts and you're on bag boy. And so, Jeff was working there for a little while, and I was just like, oh man, I think I need to get a job, you know, I'm like, I think I was 15, like. Um, I'm gonna get a car next year, hopefully. So I need to start saving money. So I just went all right. Like I know Jeff works there. He said it's pretty cool. My other friend John Alaswal he worked there too. He lived across the street. He's like a really good longboarder. He plays in the Dirty Heads now. Nice. Um,
0: so I just John saw it there. Jared Watson today.
1: Oh yeah? yeah. Yeah. Jared went to Marina with me too. Um, but that the, the the supermarket gig, you know, you could work ni- You could work around your surf schedule. Yeah. Your surf schedule. So I was like. I'd go to school,
2: and then unfortunately, like after school, a lot of days I was working, yeah. Um, so I couldn't get that after-school surf. But once I was in high school, we were on surf team, so we were every morning we were yeah. surfing. Yeah, that was like part of zero and first period was surf.
0: Who's your surf coach then? Um, so, we
2: well, kind of he- had a few. So we had this guy Tim, Brockden, Tim Brogdon, Tim Brogden, that was the coach when I was a freshman, and then maybe my sophomore year. Um, gosh, I I feel bad. I'm gonna forget his name. But it was the the science teacher at, at Marina was the surf coach. And he, he, like, I don't feel like as a surfer he ever, like, really had the, like, respect from the kids. Because he wasn't, like, a good, great surfer himself. Yeah. And then maybe it was, like, my junior year, Wellesley slid wow. in to help him yeah. for a sophomore middle of sophomore year. And then junior year, Wellesley was the coach. And everyone loved Wellesley. Like yeah you know he was just well Matt respect on surfer, how hard he ripped and he yeah. yeah and he was in
1: the industry Yeah, he's like, in the yeah.
2: industry like kind of he was just captain cool yeah. cool dad you know uh, and so yeah Wellesley was the coach uh throughout the junior year and then my senior year I we had moved and I was like I always kind of wanted to go to Huntington just because the reputation of the surf team and Andy yeah. Verdone and just everyone that went there I was like dang, man, they they won so many national titles and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I want to be a part of that, you know? And so I I ended up convincing my parents to let me switch my senior Uh year. I started going to Huntington. Ooh. And that's kind of like, you know, probably like became a little detached from that group of friends I had for for a little bit and, and was there with, you know, kind of a new set of friends of like Sean Ward, John Gorak, Daniel Bemis, Mike Ferragamo, like, Brad Edinger. Yeah. Um, yeah. All these dudes.
1: Yeah. Stacked, too. But yeah, it was you know.
2: insane. Like, the best... To think high school was the best thing ever. I can't even imagine. I think I tried to convince my parents to let me do homeschool, too, which was just a straight, like, what are you even thinking about? Yeah. You're not doing that? <laughs> and I couldn't imagine if I had done homeschool, which seems like a lot of kids do that these days. For sure. But high school was definitely, like, a great time some of the best four years of my life. Yeah. But dude. All my friends are here. Yeah, like you know, you're learning stuff, but at the same time, you're like just like social network of everything. And, yeah. like, there's the dances it's and all the, the fun yeah. stuff and the hot chicks around. Scene. And you're like, like, yeah. Think, think if it's you're insane.
0: if you wouldn't have got that wax from your stepmom. <laughs> yeah, if I had my own wax that You'd day, still yeah. Be down here. Like you would still be living
2: in Downey. I could be. Yeah, I wonder what I'd be doing. Because I it's, might work at Vaughn's. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause I mean like it's crazy you got to move and take the bus or ride your bike I mean you could never have done that from freaking Southgate down. yeah no way and then you know you, you surrounded yourself with surfers right and then you have surf class are you fucking kidding me and that was you, the biggest one with surf class to me it was like
2: you this is school credit to go surfing like yeah. and everyone that I like well, would say that to that didn't live by the beach was like what yeah like, that, that's yeah.
1: insane but you get to go do what you love doing and you get to show up to school late way later than everybody else because yeah. it takes yeah. up you know and you're rolling in just yeah i mean broad at the
2: same time well, there was like a lot of bronze you know, salt but it's like <laughs> dude you're waking up at like 5 30 because surf class is at six yeah and so it's you know a lot of kids aren't waking up super early and that dedicated during the winter it's cold it's windy it's, it's like definitely surf, a different surf breed surf of class people is still going yeah
1: you know um yeah you'll see surf class thin out you, on you know like oh yeah <laughs> yeah
2: first couple weeks Bernone yeah. always would say like yeah after a month you know it's you, like gym memberships start at
1: january do the well, pier uh,
2: paddle the first couple weeks and then yeah. that that kind of like a handful of kids are like oh well, this is what uh, i was uh, expecting
1: I mean we I got into going early because I had an older brother and he was in high school I was, you know he's. I got to tag along a lot earlier because you know junior high didn't really have a surf team you know even though we did we just didn't compete you know we just yeah you got a little team together PT was our coach which was epic Sick. but but the uh now taking my son like down in the mornings before school in the mornings we don't go down whether the weather or the waves suck or he's not feeling good, whatever. There's a big difference in like, like how the day starts and how he feels and how, you know, like yeah. waking up a little lethargic versus getting up early and being super psyched. And I think it helps set the rest, you know, sets yeah. the rest of the day, Yeah. which a lot of other people, like you said, how hard it is to get up that early, but it, it's, you know, if you're a surfer, that's just kind of like in your DNA, yeah. you have to.
2: It just becomes that discipline, you know? and, and Yeah discipline's great if you have that like routine that
0: just makes you feel
2: good and puts a smile on your face to start the day
0: yeah i think that's how we stay young because of that you know of a routine of
1: surfing yeah but to to, but to have i mean now there's so many kids in surf class that don't even know how to surf they're on soft tops they just go down there and like check in and just sit on the beach like i see it and i'm like a bunch of guys and girls where they just they barely m- might paddle out like back in the day when i was you had to be a surfer like you had to go run paddle the pier be able to handle yourself in like waves yeah, yeah. or you're not making you're not making the cut for surf class like yeah. now it's like i don't know it's a little sketchy
2: yeah it's a little bit of a free-for-all yeah i i know if verdone always made it so if you weren't surfing you better have like a good excuse of like your are hurt which is you know yeah well not a good but um, or else if not and you just didn't want to surf you're picking up trash yeah and he's not gonna like give you your like you had to go Side down off. and check in that yeah. you made it to, to your class and if you weren't surfing you're picking up trash and you brought a full bag of trash then he'd check you off yeah. it's crazy so, yeah it's it's cool. They got kind a of good system down there,
1: and and you know most people don't know it's like a CIF sport. You get you get the letter and you get to compete with other schools, and yeah. the, you know there's that. It's one thing to be able to skip a, a class and or a PE and be able to like show up late, but to like compete against other schools and yeah. obviously going to Marina for years and knowing that you know like HB you know HB is always yeah it, winning.
2: It felt like most schools obviously like football and baseball like the big sports are like very uh prestigious prestigious and you yeah. just hear more about them yeah. and it felt like huntington had that reputation for surfing for sure and it was like that's the best school in like the country to go to if you're a yeah. surfer, you know yeah. there and then san clemente like kind of in those years is when san clemente started like really coming in yeah. hard yeah. like maybe just a few years after that where just really so in passionate. high school where
1: did you start doing the uh, uh, NSSA opens and like some of the other
2: yeah I think I did some explorers and then and then a handful of opens um, probably my senior year I started to like do a little bit better and probably right after like graduating high school is when I kind of like felt things click and I think it was it was in my first couple like pro junior and like QS events that I felt like just something kind of like it was a little there. spark came yeah. to me like i don't know skateboarding always felt like this i remember when i was trying to learn like a rock to fakie on a ha- on a little mini ramp and it was so hard and i was like too scared to like let it go and then once i finally let it go i was like oh my god that just opened up like a hundred other options to me like i can do this yeah you know now i can do that and i can do that and surfing kind of did the same thing where i like i hit a plateau probably for a while and then like just kind of like kept going it and refining, refining. And then finally you like hit the next phase and you go, yeah. Oh, okay. I can get there on the wave and I can do this. And I actually want to try this different board and you know, your surfing starts to evolve.
0: And
1: and and, it, and it's not always as you know, you're learning and you're, in youth. it's not like you're, you're always just improving. You know, you, you do plateau and you do step back and it could be equipment or just could be growth spurts. And you know, like there's a lot of moving. Yeah parts and pieces of puzzle because it's like it's you know it's not it's not easy you know like surfing is the fucking hardest sport yeah ever, you
2: yeah know? yeah and then yeah you one day the waves are good and you feel like you're ripping and the next the next heat you're like oh it's afternoon onshore yeah. low tide dumpy closeouts and you're just going well i don't really practice that that often and yeah so it's well, like you kind of need to do all the conditions yeah even the cts you know like fast forward into my career was you go to all these events and you're like, half the time these guys are surfing, like the waves are pretty average. And you only see the highlights of like, yeah, that's, those were the first three heats of the day. And then it kind of like went weird and yeah, and no one yeah. talks about those heats, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a little bit of... So
1: growing up with like your dad that's a surfer and you're in Huntington, what, where was your first like surf trip? Like, you know, did you guys do a family trip or, or our friends trip? Mex or hawaii yeah we went
2: to hawaii i remember my dad's friend bill was like going to hawaii and and convinced my dad to go so we went to hawaii this was even maybe prior to us moving to huntington wow early yeah so i was still pretty young i just remember because the board that i had and my dad hadn't met my stepmom yet um but uh but yeah we went to hawaii that was like the first big surf trip and it was during summer and we just surfed in town and sort of Alamoana, like, firing a couple days. Wow. Um, all over, like, Pops and Threes. And we and served Threes a bunch, which was pretty cool. I didn't I didn't really realize it, but, like, it's, you know, it's yeah. so far of a paddle. And oh, my so God. It was, like, kind of mellow. When you are a crowd, when I was at Grom, we were just don patrolling it and, like, scoring. We kind of scored.
1: Dude, when you're I a sp- kid and you're going out, because, you know, we did a couple family trips. Like, going out to, yeah, Threes and Kaiser and all, it was so far out. it's a long you're like holy <laughs> crap far. Yeah. like but as an adult you're like okay it's it's far but it's not like you know i used to, 15 minutes like it would take you you know like it's not that far but yeah you know again everything's bigger and and you know more grand and like you yeah know, totally wild but you'd see so many
0: good waves on the south shore
1: yeah, yeah. there's yeah. Un- when, it's when it's lighting up
0: surf, you could go to 15 different spots for sure yeah yeah, yeah. and the alamoana um, bowls yeah we surfed alamoana a lot we surfed threes a bit
1: and um no, kaiser's kind of like kaiser's was heavy it was like kind of south shore VLAN. like it was
2: yeah we gnarly
1: crowd and yeah we kind of my dad wrote a
2: longboard and so he kind of liked the little bit like cruisier Cru- ways. yeah um and yeah i just remember like thinking the waves were insane it was like the sickest place on earth yeah you know
1: no, warm and tropical yeah. and board it's, it's, shorts and hawaii yeah
0: so when you said you were clicking started to click what what was um what was your boards what were you riding then
2: um i remember i got this this uh jai town and rode for rusty jai was another friend like through high school and yeah and we were about the same size and. He's like, hey, let me check out your board. I think I had a, a Jensen board. It worked great. And he had this rusty that I caught a couple waves <laughs> on. I was like, oh, my God, this thing feels like it has a freaking motor on it. Like, what is going on here? And it just felt glued to my feet. And, and it was the right like, size and dimmed yeah, and everything. Yeah, the dammed, like Everything pretty... just felt like, like, whoa, this is – I didn't even realize a board could do that much, you know? <laughs> and then, then I started thinking, and, and I started just like – trying some different stuff and I got a word from Matt Biolis like when I was kind of young when I was maybe 19 that just was like same thing it was magic dude I never felt a board that like that that was my board where I was like dude this board can like I can do my this board did he yeah. did you get a custom I got a custom yeah right. I started just getting some different stuff I think Sean had like he kind of like lost his his like passion to shape a little bit or something maybe and just just kind of like doing it for fun but then at that point i kind of was like like hey uh, you know i want to be a pro surfer you know i'm 18 and i've just graduated high school and i was like told myself like okay i'm gonna like
0: try this for a couple years and see what happens and now were you already sponsored by other people then Counter- at that point or... yeah i had
2: counterculture and um i think that the surf shop maybe kevin's shop like went out of business so I, I pretty much had counterculture I might have had like one other thing at the time I don't remember what it would have been like a but, but you were in your like head you are
0: going to be a pro surfer yeah I was like
2: I want to I want to do this you know and, and I, it's uh, smart
0: to try other boards yeah and
2: so I, I got this board from Mayhem I remember it was a whiplash and it had red fins and it just looked super cool but I was like dude this thing goes faster than anything I've ever ridden it turns on a dime like everything about it was just like glass on fins yeah yeah this was even like i mean dude i don't even know if like fcs and stuff was really that common yeah but uh but yeah it just the board just went so good and i started like ordering boards from matt and i had this job too and all my money went towards like i had this little truck that got like 100 miles to the gallon (laughs) and you you know if you change the oil every three months it was like just gonna do its thing yeah it was easy little toyota and uh so i had that which was didn't take much money and all my money i just went to boards and at one point in time dude i had like i had like 80 surfboards in my dad's <laughs> garage that like some of them i rode three times and i was like it just didn't have the spark like because once you get that board that does that yeah you're like okay i gotta find another board that does that yeah and it's yeah. hard to find and so you just start like going through boards like oh this one doesn't have it it's a brand new beautiful board but it's going in the closet oh here's another magic one you just ride it like till it looked like got yeah. the car ran
1: over it you know yeah. um but board i mean that's so important obviously if you you know you got the, the talent you got you know the the board Like the right shaper you got to match
0: with the right shape or something and that
1: and that's why i think a lot of Not people sometimes
0: but but I, if you're gonna yeah, be a total
1: surfer yeah yeah you gotta have the right combination yeah for and, sure and you could be you could have two caliber surfers that are, like, as good, you know, and they both try the same shape, you know, shapers, boards. Yeah. One could love it. The other one's like, eh, it doesn't work for me. You know, like, there's yeah. so many little nuances, yeah. like, to well, how you, you know, pair up with a, a particular shaper. For or, sure, right? you, know, and you know, you could get really technical on the model and shapes and all the other nonsense, but it's more like... What also... You, you shouldn't it, have to force... What also
0: is a factor that shouldn't be a factor, but it is because you can't help it, Sean Jensen, no disrespect, great shaper, right? Rusty, who's a world-renowned shaper who shaped for Aki, Taylor Knox, when, when you say these things and then you get on the board and you said it, like, oh my God, I didn't know a board can do that. Yeah. Right? And you're
1: like, holy shit, it's yeah. fucking, it's a Rusty. Right. And then, you know, mayhem, like, then you know and then like, why these guys is, dominate the surfboard market. Is, yeah. Is there, is there,
0: Absolutely. Like, you, you got on the Rusty and you're like, fuck, I didn't know a board can do that. And then you get that mayhem or lost. You're like, holy shit. Like, this thing's even better. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, I think at that, t- by the time I got that board and I was like 18, I had just started riding for Ruka, actually. Conan Hayes, uh. I didn't, I didn't even know I didn't how, know you wrote but Ruka? dude honestly it was so weird I want to say Conan Hayes like got my phone number like this is like early days of cell phones you know like yeah and I, I don't even know if anyone texted at the time you just get calls and so I got this call and it was like a weird number and I answered it It's like hey is Brandon there and, like yeah this is Conan Hayes and I was like Travis is playing a joke <laughs> yeah right you know, one of my friends and I was just like Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, Conan? Like, and he's just, I can't even remember how the conversation went, but he's like, Hey, like, I want to link up with you, like, and go surf. You know, we have this company, Ruka, and I want you to check it out. They had just come out with, like, the first few ads, and I think no one really knew how to say it. It was still RVCA, and it was
1: like, Oh, what is it?
2: What is this? But, like, but it was cool. Like, Conan was, like, this rad guy. Yeah. You know,
1: and people still call it RVCA.
2: And so, uh, I was like, all right, like is uh, this pre Lar? No. No. It was at... it actually was. Really? Yeah, this is pre Lar at Ruka. Um <laughs> I'm pretty I'm sure. Right. I'm pretty sure. Um this is like Nathan Webster was still there and yeah. like pre Chucky being there. Before all this guys, yeah. yeah. Um maybe you maybe you were. Yeah. Um I do remember one of the first things that Conan did was like after they like brought me in dialed me in with gear and all this stuff and I was just like well this is like surreal you know like it was one so did thing let's
0: say let's surf first
2: yeah we we hung out he met me I don't even think we surf I think the ways were super bad and he was just like I'm not gonna surf dude and I was like all right yeah like what do you what are we gonna do I mean like had lunch and he like brought me to Ruka and I was like yeah check it out like this is our thing and it was it was like right here it was yeah like one or two streets over like, it was right across the street wasn't it sunset it might have been like r- like right behind uh, here on oh one yeah, of these yeah. streets the two sto- like uh, a, no a single story oh, small yeah. like really small and i went in there and was just like you know there's a couple desks and a, a cage with like all their inventory was See, in
1: there. Seems in the back Kaitano. yeah
2: and like he introduced me to pat and i was like i was like oh hey man what's up like you know i didn't i didn't know anything at that point and i just yeah. was like well, this just cool, and he like, gave me all this gear, yeah. and I was like, "All right, um, sick!" And he was just like, <laughs> "Yeah, dude. Like, you know, I've have seen some stuff with about you, and heard about you, whatever, and like, I, you know, I want to get you on the team." And yeah, because like, oh, okay, Jason
1: cool. Bogle was like their first like team outside right? of Conan. Like Jason Bogle was like yeah. their like first like sponsor like athlete. Yeah,
2: and I think at the time like Nathan Webster rode for him, um, Doodles. AKA Doodles. Bogle. Yeah. Conan obviously um but yeah so I started riding for Ruka and that felt like a big deal that that was a big deal yeah sure counterculture was like one thing but it it felt still local because it was like local guys that started you know it felt like this kind of smaller thing that was still rad but um but that fell apart for some other reasons um I went through my little punk kid phase and um I, I lost my sponsor for doing something really stupid what'd you do um, <laughs> you know what I did oh, uh, was it that, that time yeah it's that time we'll <laughs> um, bring, we will bring that me, up we don't have to bring it up all <laughs> I have to say about that is that hey I've been shown a lot of grace in my in my life Yeah, that's one time that I was like I thought my life was over because yeah. I just did and something make really mistakes, stupid yeah. and, and that was actually one thing that Conan said he's like yeah I know you, you strive for counterculture and they let you go because this this and this and um you know everyone deserved a second chance and i was like whoa okay shit like so i'm on so i was i had no sponsor and bad boy bad boy i was like <laughs> so was how like, oh, how cool. long after
0: that happened before ruka picked you up probably a year wow so yeah. you went sponsorless for a while yeah okay um but you're ripping
2: and um, you're like 18 19 yeah i was i was probably like 17 when I had no sponsor. And then at like around 18 was when Ruka picked me up. Okay. And you're trying to be a pro surfer. Yeah. And I, you know, I was still in high school and like Sean Ward kind of became my like daily buddy, my best sparring, friend sparring that were partner. like, pick me up on the way to surf class. His dad lived over by my, by my parents. And so he'd pick me up on the way to surf class. We'd go to surf class together, like go down to the comps together, all that stuff. So Sean was always like, it felt like he was one step ahead of me and so I kind of was like riffing off him like watching what he did and stuff too and yeah. I was like okay cool like he's on the right path he wrote for Billabong and Hurley and all that so I was like okay he knows what's going on and then yeah and then Ruka picked me up and um, Sean already had like hit the QS really hard I felt like I wasn't really like ready to do that like start traveling all over the world and I was sort of finding my feet in like these you know HP Surf Series Pro-Ams and um And some of the like regional QS events like across the U.S. and stuff like that. And like having some like mild success, maybe win a surf series pro-am against, you know, some pretty good local guys. If like Hoisington or uh, Richard Collins sometimes would do it. He was already like, you know, a little bit older at that time, but still ripping super hard. Yeah. Um, I don't remember you doing too many of them, Lar. But like D-Ball would show up once in a while. Simpo, like, you know, Simpo is a little younger and he came up late. And then when he started doing some of those things too, it was like, oh shit, like this guy's, this guy rips, you know, but, uh, yeah, just having fun with it. And then, and I kind of maybe had like two years of that and that's when the, the so thought So kinda... were you
0: pro for Ruka or just still am?
2: Um, I was am, I remember, uh, it, it got down to a, a point where I was like, okay, if I really want to do this, like I got to get paid. You know, I can't. My dad was like helping with entry fees, and I'm starting to yeah. fly to Florida and like do the East. There was a tour of like four events that happened on the East Coast for a month. And I'd just like go to comp. Like, then it was like, hey, I got a surfing. rental car, I got to <laughs> get a place to stay, yeah. like all this stuff. And it started to just cost a lot of money. And I was like, dang, dude, like, I'm, you know, I want to like quit working at uh, wherever I was working at the time. I think I was at Vaughn's and then I was at HSS for a little while. I worked at uh, Z Pizza uh, delivering pizzas. And like, I was like, yeah, making ends meet. Like, most to... killer job, though. Like, <laughs> just making tips, drive around all day, and like people you cash. I was like, this is the easiest yeah. money ever. So rad. But uh, yeah, I did all that. And then finally, I was like, dude, I like, I want to not be spending my evenings delivering Working. pizza. Yeah. I want to spend my evenings surfing so I can get better. And I can start winning these contests and like making money, but in order to do that, I need gas money. I need blah. blah. Yeah, you need so a sponsor. I, remember I like went to Pat Tenori, and I was, I was kind of like, you know, money is always an awkward conversation whenever you talk to anybody. Yeah. But I was just like, hey, like, you know, how do I like go get paid to do this or whatever? And Pat's just you know, you know how Pat is. Like he's so busy, he has like a million ideas going on, and like, you know, I'm I'm sure. I just kind of look back at it now and I'm like, wow, for that guy to like take the time out of his schedule and who was probably calling him. But he went, hey, let's go to dinner. And so he took me to dinner. We went to um, what's the what's the little pasta Italian joint over
0: um, on
1: Harbor? uh, Pasta Connection? No, it's
0: uh, Harbor. Is it on Harbor? I don't know. That's what you said.
1: Yeah,
2: it's there used to be like a little vintage shop right next to it. Um, anyways we went to this spot and we just sat down in there I remember and he's just like what do you want to do and like what what's your program and all this stuff and so I told him because all my conversations were pretty much with Conan up until that point and I think Conan was like I don't know he was away or something but Pat wanted just to hear it from me so I was telling him like yeah I want to be a pro surfer like you know I don't I don't really need very much. I just need enough to, like, pay my for my gas and surf. And, like, I want to quit doing this job that I have so I can just focus on surfing. Yeah. And, you know, I only
0: have a couple of years to, like, really give it a crack or else I'm going to get too old. and. Can I stop you for a second here? So how many conversations have you had with Pat before? You know, Pat was always really cool whenever we'd go in to the office.
2: And it was so small at the time. that yeah. we, You couldn't not see someone there. Yeah. So... He would always like stop and say hello. Yeah. But he was just not, this not, like intimidating guy. And like, that's how like sat down no. and had a one yeah, on one with He's gnarly, Spare, really. Right?
0: Yeah. He's gnarly. Okay.
2: Yeah. And um, House of Pizza. That's the place okay. we went to. Yeah. We went to House of Pizza.
0: But for him to like go, hey, let's go to dinner. Yeah. He went, let's pretty... go to dinner. And it's a big, even that, I was like, kind of a, a big deal. I was kind yeah. of scared. Yeah. Like,
2: like oh God, like this guy's <laughs> Like, what do I do?
0: You know, like I don't have
2: any paper like prepared. Yeah. I should have like a presentation. But, uh, your but deck, was just bro. Cool. <laughs> we, yeah. we, uh, we sat there and we just rapped and he's like, what, like, what would it take? And I was like, I don't know, like 500 bucks a month, you know? And he was just like, okay. And like the next day I, he's like, come by Ruka. And like, I went by Ruka and I think he cut me a check that day and, and was just like, cool. You know, just remind me every day on this day of the month, like, and I'll write you a check wow like, okay it's kind of a big deal I, mean, I couldn't believe it like i had no contract or nothing but like
1: i mean for a young small brand that you know like it's yeah like resources are limited and money's tight and and to, to be able to like stoke out you know a yeah. young local ripper and and do that is, is Cause huge.
0: you're talking like at the early early stages of ruka too and you know like you, you guys are saying there's only a handful of team
1: riders really I, I only remember Conan yeah. and, and Jason Bogle really like And Noodles. Well noodles, noodles, was yeah. noodles, yeah. I think I mean Noodles is working his angle of trying to be the distributor uh, yeah, the Australian distributor. Yeah. Like that was mm-hmm. his, you know, he wasn't really a you know, him and Conan at that time were kinda like trying to do their, you know, transitions or whatever. Conan yeah. had a, a knee injury and he's like, I'm gonna rehab and I'm gonna go back out and try to requalify you know. So the first couple years that I was with the brand is like Conan wasn't there a lot because he was trying to like, you know, he had a knee injury, came off of it. And then he was trying to like go back and requalify, and, and yeah, but I, yeah, there were, it was so small, yeah. you know, like at the times you're speaking of on 16th street and yeah, you know, we had a, you know, we always talk about how f- food and how low budget we are. There was a catering business next door and That they fed us like every day. We trade product, and like the only way we got food was they had big events and they're catering, and they'd be like, "Hey, here's here's so your
0: your first pro paid check check was from Ruka. Yeah,
1: that's so epic. Yeah,
0: fucking
2: awesome. Yeah, Pat Tenori wrote me a check, my first one ever as a surfer. Yeah, I was it was I was tripping. I still like thinking back on it now. Like, I thought you were gonna
0: tell me he's gonna say. Instead of being a pro surfer, you should come work here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well so so I mean to bring up them, Conan and, and Patton at the time, like, you know, I think we were surfing Southside and like Conan like was telling Lennon like, Yeah, you should come be a rep, you know? Like yeah. Lennon was gonna be the rep and Lennon's like Lar, can I he's, do like, this? he's like, Hey, you know, like what do you think about being a rep? And i was like, Well, you know, like I don't know, young brand might be hard because he's got the not a cush job but he's making good money like cush job yeah yeah he worked he lives four blocks from hss and he just show. you know like he got it he's got a good i'm like i don't know it's gonna be tough new brand and i mean all of a bunch of other friends were already wrapped so yeah i'm like hey i don't know it could be i
0: i I was burnt out of working at hss right i was there for 12 something years yeah um And Lara was actually team manager for you were starting to be team manager.
1: Yeah, so for Ruka. So I was kinda making the transition too, where I was like, I was Stussy, which was my main sponsor, is like, look, we're gonna phase you out, like we're gonna start like kind of getting out of the surf, you know, market, you know. We're just you're not fired, but hey, just know that. Yeah, start looking. There's an end. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I had friends at Stussy and I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I, I love this brand. Like, I want to, like, I want to find a, a, a place here, you know, after, you know, my career after surfing. And it just wasn't, I just knew writing on the wall wasn't going to work out. And then Conan's like, come work for us. And I'm like, I got to make money. Like, you know, like, yeah, I, I, you know, like here's my lifestyle and I'm okay to, I could take a hit and, you know, I drive a lower Beamer, bro. Well, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it just was like. You know, I knew Pat from a long time. I knew Conan from a long time. And I just thought, like, well, I could go be a sub rep for, you know, Paul Harvey or Lockie or some of these other guys that, you know, Dean Quinn. You know, somebody that, that, like, hey, we take you under our wing and, like, you know. Groom you. Groom you. Or, you know, I could go work for Ruka. And, you know, at the time, it's like, I'll do whatever. There was no, like, I'm going to do this job. I'm not going to, you know, it was kind of like. Sales. there wasn't really a sales team. We had like a sales manager and he was trying to hire reps in other areas. And, and uh, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I was the little bitch boy for a, couple, so, you know, a while. So my story yeah. with Luca. Yeah.
2: I remember you had to take me to Trestles one day. You didn't have to, but <laughs> yeah. I think Conan teed it up. He's like, hey, Jay Larson's going to be here too now. So, yeah, you know Jay, right? Like, and you took me down to
0: Lowers one day. How funny. I was like, oh, sick. So the day that Conan called me, To be the rep is the day I got my offer letter from DVS and I took a, I took a pay cut from working from HSS to going to DVS, like a $30,000 pay cut, Mm. right? And at the time I was like, gosh, you know, I want to work for Ruka, right? Like it's a, it's a new brand. Yeah. And Lars, like he, I'm living with Lars. He's like, dude, you're not going to make money for like six months. Yeah, you know, you're 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 not going to make money for who knows how long. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, cuz you know, you're a sales rep. You're on commission." Yeah, you got to And I'm like, "I'll take this job." <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I was
1: just like, dude, I mean, I was skeptical about like how to make ends meet, you know, and and I had other sponsors and it was just like, "You know what? I just at the end of the day, I was like, this is the intern. I looked at it as an internship." You know, yeah, you know? I'm like, you know what? But this show is not about no, you. No, but right it's, right? it's about, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the Ruka you know, connection here. And so we all have it. You yeah. get your $500 a month.
2: Yeah, so I had this little sweet deal going with Ruka for a little while that was really rad. And, um, and you're riding mayhems. I was riding mayhems and I was just surfing a bunch and competing quite a bit. Like I said, like I, <clears throat> I did okay in a few things that I did I never went like on the big stage I never went to Brazil to compete in the QS and do that I was just like U.S. tour and you know would get a few results here and there but nothing nothing crazy and then anyway I uh it got to a point where I was just like man I can't live on like 500 bucks a month you know like I Yeah, Where's my path going, you know? And I sort of started thinking about it. And I remember in high school, I had this rad teacher, Mr. Peach. He was my algebra teacher. Got to have good peeps. um, And I just remember he, it made me like, I I failed algebra. I got an F the year before. Holy shit. And I had to take algebra again. And then I got Mr. Peach this year. And Mr. Peach, he just was like this cool guy that... um, I don't know. He just like helped me understand it. Like something clicked for me, you know. And I just remember thinking, like he's—he felt like he was one of us students, like just the cool teacher. And I just thought how cool that was. Like, hey, he had such a positive impact on on my life because he like helped me understand and like was steering me in the right direction. And I was like, oh, being a teacher would be kind of sick. I kind of looked at what Verdone does and was like,
1: good money, dude, great hours. Me. You're giving back. You're feeling, you know. It's yeah, like
2: I love working with kids. I love surfing. Verdone, like, what if Verdone retires one day and I could, like, become the, the surf coach at Huntington High?
0: I don't think Verdone's ever going
2: to retire. And then retire. there's, like, <laughs> you know, the, every summer Verdone would take a trip with the kids. Like, yeah. I don't know if he still does it, but, you know, we got to go to Ireland with him. and forgot to go to South Africa, Ireland, Australia. This yeah, there's all these crazy yeah, trips. Yeah. So I'm like, and he had summers off. Like, dude, being a teacher is an insane job. So yeah. I kind of started thinking about that. And I was like, I always like numbers.
1: Were you, so like, were, you okay. were you good in school? Like
2: Yeah, I was pretty good. When okay. I when I tried, you know, I went I had one year in high school where I probably just like scraped, got on the sauce, was started puffing a little Chiba too much and whatever. Got yeah. by. Yeah. But then after that, like my senior year of high school, I was getting like straight A's and you know, pretty good student. But uh but yeah, so my my head shifted of like, okay, I don't want to be the guy hanging on to try and become a pro surfer i want to be like maybe a teacher or like doing something like sticking making sure i have surfing close to me that i can like do it for a long long time and not just like get some grindy job where i'm like you know my dad like i always kind of looked at him too like he didn't like what he did he worked in like the city of carson or something would drive to work at 5 a.m. and like get home at like 7 p.m. or something yeah. like that and he was just like sun up, sun and I'm like dang I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I sort of had these like couple ideas in mind and the, the number one was to become a teacher. So I started like going to Golden West College and just like trying to make my way towards like okay this is going to be a long road but um, here's what I'm doing. You know? Yeah. And kind of around that time is when I guess maybe like Ruka started to grow and expand and like I don't know I just sort of like found myself like not fitting in there and like kind of you know was like I think at one point they're like hey man we can't keep doing this with you whatever and and I sort of like you know wasn't on the team anymore and it was all good, I was still going to college, and I, I had a part-time job, and I was still competing a lot, because I loved it, you know? And, and randomly, I made friends with this girl, and her dad was uh, Bill Hurley. And so we, we became like really good friends. Uh, my friend ended up dating her, and we were just all super close for a little while. And so Bill would always act like, Brandon, what are you up to, you know? And I'm like, oh, just you know, working, like doing this, blah, 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 going to school. And he's like, You're not you're not sponsored? Like what you know, you should meet uh, Jeff. And I already knew Jeff Hurley, because Jeff would surf in the contest at the HB surf series. So uh, Jeff is is Bob's son. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, Jeff runs the team at Hurley. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you guys in touch. And so I started talking to Jeff Hurley. And Jeff was I remember there was a contest, the Coldwater Classic actually was happening in Santa Cruz, and he's like, Hey, are you gonna be up there? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go do the contest. So he's like, well, let's. Did you try. have a sponsor or no? No, I had no sponsor. So you're paying for everything yeah, yourself? I was paying for everything myself, and I, I was still riding the mayhems and stuff. And we went up there, and he's like, hey, we're going to go to this concert. Um, you know, Paul Gomez, who was Jeff's boss, did a lot of stuff with the used. And so Jeff invited me to go to this concert with the used Shoot. in Santa Cruz, like Shoot. during the.
3: Shoot.
2: <laughs> and during the contest, and I was like, whoa, this is insane. Micah Byrne rode for Hurley, and Micah was, like, staying with Jeff, hanging with him, and we were already good buddies at that point. And he's like, hey, dude, I think Jeff's going to, like, offer you a job. And I was like, what kind of job? Like, who, I, I who have was, a job. Who
1: told you that? Micah Byrne. Oh, really? And Jeff didn't want to be, like, traveling. He had a family. Was, what was the reason? Yeah, he I mean, was it was, like, like, it was super early days. Like, I
2: don't even think Jeff
1: – traveled too much yeah. you know so I needed somebody like, else
2: like hey we have a lot of stuff going on and yeah. a really small like team. internal team of people yeah. we just need a helping hand and I think probably at that point like it was almost just like hey Bill said this kid's cool and and rad and how fucking throw him a bun. funny right yeah so Jeff offered me that that gig of like like hey we need someone that's gonna help me like ship out boxes once a week and if you can go down to these contests on the weekends where the kids compete, and just kind of like
1: eyes and ears, throw some high five. That's fives what I like about so like an
0: assistant team manager. Yeah,
2: so like kind of team manager, um, and I was like, dude, this is perfect. Like I love working with kids. I love surfing, and I'm gonna work for Hurley. Like, whoa, insane! And so it was super so at, light. Like wait, at he kind of sponsored me. He's like, we'll sponsor you. Here's what we'll pay you, and you just work this one day a week shipping packages out to the team and then you gotta go to these con you know, NSSAs on the How weekends. much was it? I think at that time he was giving me like a thousand bucks a month. So I was like Doubled your salary. Yeah, the Ruka thing ended and I was bummed, but then I was like, dude, this thing like fell in my lap it felt yeah. like you yeah. know, and it just felt like serendipitous of it. And you're the perfect,
1: you're the perfect guy. Who's still young, still rips, has a pulse, and that's what most brands need—is somebody that has. What are you? Yeah, Nineteen? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was twenty-one. actually. but to be to, you know, coming from like the Hurley family, like old school, like what they, you know, what what the, you know, how the marketing the, and the
0: surf. I love the
1: Hurley family for sure. They're f- fucking amazing. Yeah, okay. but, Great but but but, but yeah. just. They know the importance of of being visible and having that like ground floor like grom like support and yeah. sponsorship and like you know, so yeah. Okay. I, again, Jeff's up to above his pay grade, like you know, like or he's above the pay grade. You know, he's like yeah. I, don't, I don't. You know, I'm not going I mean, to the weekends. Man, when I started to find somebody, there,
2: there was uh, I think there was like five people that worked in marketing. Yeah. Paul Gomez ran the show. Jeff Hurley worked for Paul. Pete Rocky. Worked there, Pete Rocky. Uh, doing like huh, the internet, I guess. Yeah. it's like at the time, what they called it. Uh, uh, Lindsey Roach worked there. Greg Teal worked there, and dude, there might have been like one other person in our marketing building. Julie Leffler. Uh, that was Ryan Siriani. Yes, that was it. That was our. Siriani worked group. for Hurley too. Oh, he worked there a long time. Yeah. Okay. Rod Stewart.
1: Right, he's the
0: it. man but uh but yeah dude that was our our whole crew and so was, was this uh after nike bought him?
2: nike had bought hurley maybe like a year prior to that okay in two, what
1: 2000 when did they buy four yeah two, no 2000
0: they started in 1999 three years sold in two years
1: no. So, yeah. Yeah. It Maybe. was
0: like two, two thousand two or two thousand yeah. yeah, um, like three. Yeah. Yeah. Sold within
2: two years. I think they owned the brand for a little over a year or something like that yeah. before I started. And when I started, and even for the first like five or six years, five. until that transition came with like, like, hey, we're gonna try and sign John John, and we need help to pull the funds and. Then they say okay we'll do it and by the way we're gonna not do Nike surfing and you guys are gonna take all these assets we're gonna help you financially like build the business big enough to yeah. afford this but, but you were there way before
1: that yeah happened.
2: so there wasn't much involvement from Nike other than like you know I think Bob would probably report in like yeah. once a year like hey here's our number they saw time He's to blow it 2000... out. like let
0: it let us do our thing for a while yeah you said what 2003 you were that's when you started yeah i think it 23 i know i was
2: 21 yeah. i remember i was 21 years old yeah crazy Whatever that was yeah it was, it was insane dude it was a dream gig for sure
0: did you quit school
2: you know i stayed in school for a while and then um it's funny man looking back on it so the kids that were on the team at the time were dylan carrillo um he was probably like the best kid we had in California, who was like my, every weekend I'd see Dylan at the contest. And then I started like seeing all these other kids and I'm like, I'm like, oh, this kid's good, he's from San Clemente. Like we need a little kid from San Clemente. Like, okay, let's get him, Ian Crane. Like, wow. oh, this kid's from Santa Barbara, he's he's pretty good. Like, oh, he's got a brother too, like Parker Coffin, Connor Coffin. Like, okay, snatch all these kids. You know, Kai Barger from Hawaii was just like insane, dude. Like. I mean still rips. Keiko has yeah. a mirror, like
1: I mean how how great of a job is because you know you were in those kids shoes, shoes not too long ago. Yeah. And here you are, you're now calling the shots or at least helping like get that and you're like now just stoking out these kids beyond Yeah. You know? No, I was like, that, you know, it's, it's full, full circle on, like, where you were at trying to go through the sponsorship and yeah, this and that. Totally. And now you're the scout and guy that responsible of putting these guys' you know, yeah. logos and, on the board.
2: And honestly, like, Jeff was so easygoing. Yeah. I was just like, hey, like, whatever you think we should do, let's do it. Yeah. And I was he, like, he right. did, the
0: apple didn't fall too far from the tree. Yeah. Yeah. With, from Bob to Jeff yeah. and Ryan. Absolutely.
2: Right? Yeah. It's, yeah, and I, yeah. you know, I didn't get to work closely with Ryan until later on, but those first few years, like, working with Jeff and being close to, like, him and, and Pete Rocky was a good friend of his and, like, working with Paul Gomez. What does Pete
0: do? Marketing too?
2: Yeah, he was in marketing and he worked on the website, you know? That was, like, early days of, like, websites. Yeah. Kind of, there was no e-commerce happening. It was just, like, a blog, essentially. Yeah. But, like, really hard to use and, like, yeah. he just knew how to, like, do it. Yeah. But Pete was always down for everything, dude. We had, like, these Rip My Shred Stick" summer tours, and Pete would just go, hey, I'll drive the bus, and, like, I'll help set up and stuff. And, dude, it was some of the most fun, crazy, wild times I ever had. Yeah. Just, like, pure, like, good, yeah. clean fun. Like, jump on a bus with these dudes for a month and, like, yeah. travel around the U.S. That that was their and, like, slogan, slogans. too, right?
0: Pure, good, clean fun.
2: Rip My Shred
0: stick. yeah. Have fun. Yeah.
1: It's so, so funny, I, I, I look back to like that timeline and, and so as this Stussy, my Stussy gig was kind of coming to an end and I was like, well, I'm gonna do this. Actually, Hurley really just kind of was like just started it was before like Nike bottom and and I, I was like... Hey, Bob, Jeff, you know, like I, I'd be stoked to be your HB like ambassador and find a role after yeah. it passed. And it did. <laughs> so, so I got that Micah there who was like, no, that, hot, hot oh, yeah. coming up. So, so I was like, you know, I knew I was like, Hey, I want to find a path after surfing, but yep. I still have the ability to surf, you know? And so I had a meeting with Bob, Bob and Jeff Bob. and yeah. And then I, I do a follow up meeting. It's just Jeff. And I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" Like, where's everybody? He's like, "Yeah, we're we're going to we're going to pass." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, you know, like like why, you know? That's so Jeff. He's all it, We know, it just like that. He's yeah, all right. we we, I, uh, we <laughs> just don't really get the whole late night thing. Oh, <laughs> oh you told me this. They thought I was like just like some party. animal. Party. Like, and I'm like, "Did you did you talk to any like anybody? Like references? Like, do you know who I am?" Like, and I was like, "Hey, I get it, whatever." But it, they, I got. Jay, are you making yeah. this up? This <laughs> no, is true You can story? ask Jeff. I hope he remembers. I, I thought. I thought it was pretty. I bet it We, he we like, don't get yeah. the late night thing. <laughs> that's that's what he said. That was what he said. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, hey. I cool. could picture Jeff saying, like, you know, like, verbatim. I, I guess you know. Again, they you know. He's I'm, always making it about him. No. I know, dude. This is all <laughs> so, dude, <tell> <laughs> <more> This <laughs> is all about <laughs> no. the web of. Like, hey, enough of <laughs> you talking about me. <laughs> let's hear me talk about me (laughs) (laughs) me 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 so
0: so uh how we hear when he said how he met or how he got the job so uh he was hanging out with bill hurley's daughter his friend was dating his daughter and bill said oh you should talk to jeff yeah but how weird is that like Yeah, and
2: just at the time, you know, when I was kind of going like, ah, teacher thing, like, it was really like, I love working around kids, and I love surfing, and I can have summers off, and teacher sounds like, that's good, I could be a positive influence on these young people, and that's what I want to do with my life. Well, yeah, you're making a huge... And when Jeff came to me with like, hey, we want you to spend more time at the beach, we still want you to surf and be a you know, pro surfer and do your thing and we'll actually help pay for you to get to these things. But we also want you to like be around these young kids and like help them. And so I was like I mean that's just like ticked all the
1: boxes. What, if, the- <laughs> what <laughs> a great opportunity for you. But for them it's a double whammy as well because they're supporting you on your ambitions to be a pro surfer and who knows, maybe it does take off, but yet they're paying you the this- they're pretty much paying you the same uh, how, how, to do both how many times yes yeah. right like yeah. to, to, to you know kind of build the amateur youth team and for sure. sure and then but they're still giving you the money and the funds to kind of pursue your dream yeah. and i think jeff sort of like but that works all the writing
3: on the
2: wall for me too maybe and was like hey brandon's like a good surfer he's probably yeah. not going to like be on the tour one day and like be some you know world-renowned guy but we like him and he can help us. And as a business we'll have, owner, you will help you him need. Like, have fun while he's young. But how many times,
0: Gilly, did you take down one of your team riders in the heat? <laughs> gosh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wish, no, I'm saying gosh, man. I wish I could remember. Yeah, because I've, I've heard sure. it. We've heard
2: it. Yeah, but for sure. There might be like a couple like smaller things, uh-huh. but I never did the Pato like beating Brett at sunset when he just needed that one heat to be on tour <laughs> that one was a, that was a big one that was funny for that who? it really <laughs> happened right?
1: it was funny because Brett got on tour yeah. the next year and it I was know. like he you know he's got to prove secret. it you can't I, 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 I hope in looking back you would want to not absolutely you, you, and you want him to earn it yeah. and not have like oh he's on tour because you got like, yeah Brett like, says the
2: same thing it's, Pat says the yeah, same for thing for sure and it's like you can't, it's all good it worked so, out the way I
0: was supposed to so You're how Okay, so you get this job, you're, you're team writer slash team manager, Yeah. and you start going to all the venues. Well, at first I'm just going to like up and down California. the coast of
2: California, yeah. you know, going to all these kids' events and stuff, and it, it only turned into like overseas when Dylan Perillo got like really good. He won the nationals, and he was kind of like the it kid for a minute, you yeah. know, and um, connor was like i think the same year maybe connor won the juniors or, or no the boys he was like in the little grounds, yeah. but he was still really young and like getting way better real fast but dylan was like so just good like 15 16 sure, he got invited to go to the world junior championships and i want to say that it like coincided with like i was applying for my classes for the next semester and i was like dang man that's like right when school starts like that's critical to like if i miss that like i'm it's a big deal. I can't miss that. But he was like, Hey, I really want you to go with me. Can you go to Australia with me to do yes. this? And well, I was it's like, fu- Sorry um, to
0: interrupt you. You form bonds with these kids, and they get stoked that you're on their team and helping them. You know, yeah. Yeah. I you're, mean, I'm you're spending you're every weekend like the,
2: with Dylan down at the beach. And you're coaching. And his dad. and right? Yeah. And coaching. And, you know, like a lot of those guys that are like, Dylan was really good. And he, like, he knew what to do, but it's just always, like, affirming their, what they already know. Yeah. And you're just kind of like... You're yeah. in the corner. You're right yeah. there, dude. That's what you do. You do yeah. your, that turn that you do. You do that. Yeah. And you good where at Where should it. I sit? You're just kind of give That's them, where you sat before, yeah. right? That's where you And got if I hadn't been wave. watching the waves, I'm like, where do you think you should sit? Yeah. And I mean, right there. That's exactly where you should sit. But yeah. That's what I was thinking. No, but... uh, But yeah, I just... I got to form bonds with all these rad young kids and... Um, and so Dylan was the one first that was like, hey, I want you to go to Australia with me like, for this World Junior Championships, can you go? And, and right after so the World Dylan Juniors...
0: reached out to you and said, you yeah. need to go with me. And
2: right after that event, there was this Hurley uh, Junior Pro at Burley. And, there, and I asked Jeff, like, hey, you know, would we want to send Dylan for this thing? Maybe by this time, actually, Jeff had moved on to a new gig and Paddo just started working there. Yeah, because Paddo became my boss like not long after I started maybe I was a year in and so Pat like you know just came off tour he he was like finding his groove and like what we were doing and and he was just so supportive of like everything I was doing yeah and I'm like hey we're gonna sponsor this event like Dylan should go there he's the best kid in the U.S. like it'd be rad to send one of our best you know to go over there and he's like okay like you gotta be there too yeah have you been
0: to Australia since? I had never, I'd
2: never been to Australia before that. Yeah. And I was like, frothing. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm frothing <laughs> to go to Australia. But this means no school. Signing up. And so I kind of was like, you know yeah. what? College is going to be there. I may never get the chance to do this again.
1: Yeah. You could always so, take a few more classes later and yeah. kind of slow roll it out. You're at a fork so, in the road.
2: Yeah. So yeah. I'm at this fork in the road, and I just, it was kind of a struggle to come up with it for a minute with the answer even though I knew in my gut right away I was like yeah. oh, dude this is once in a lifetime like, I'm, I'm doing this
0: you don't it have to sell it like, to them right You're...
2: no it was kind of like convince my dad that this is a good idea like, yeah. whatever and my dad already was like really supportive and just everything I ever got from surfing yeah. when I came home with a check yeah. from Ruka he was like how did you do that I'm like dude I don't even know
0: take it from a guy like me like is your dad that grew up inland you know that never paid to surf, dude like the opportunities that he gave you and you ran with it you know and you're reaping the rewards that's what a parent wants to do is give you an opportunity to reap the rewards that he wants for you right and here you are like was he ever sponsored would he ever want to be sponsored kid hell fucking yeah yeah and you did
3: that
2: yeah, I think you know? I think my dad would get concerned sometimes because it's like, you know, he had me really young and and I have an older brother and so he was kinda like strapped and just like, yeah. I gotta get this job and here's how much I can make and that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And and he grinded it out for a long time. He hated it. He hated what he did. Yeah. And so Which a lot of parents yeah you get in that situation but but you do do. what you do
1: to support yeah and give the best
2: and so for me and he didn't go to college and my stepmom did and she had a great job and she made great money and she like you know liked more or less what she was doing and so i think my dad just always was like yeah college like teacher like you should yeah yeah brandon that's great like you know so i think for me to explain to him like hey i'm not going to go to school this semester Maybe it was, like, a little bit tricky, but I think my dad was just very, like, hey, man, you've already done way more with this than I ever thought you could. Like, yeah. keep going. Yeah. And so I did it. I went to Australia. I don't remember how Dylan did in the event, but I think <laughs> Dylan made a couple heats at that event, and then we went to the Burley one um, where I I met some of the Hurley Australia people there and like became really good friends like some of my best friends that i have to this day mitch ross um was there and then he kind of brought in this other guy mitch tomlinson that uh that do life without andy this uh it's like this pop culture website yeah um that was that was super cool so anyways i became good friends with those guys and they would start coming over and staying at my house like all the time in huntington and uh yeah it was just like a Unreal experience going to Australia and surfing all those waves. At Snapper and Kira and like our Kira was like not even breaking it anymore at that point. But Deba and Snapper and Burley. And Surfer's paradise. Yeah, you're ma- it, it was yeah. Cool. you're
0: doing what we always talk about is mixing business with pleasure.
2: Yeah, you know, it, like yeah, are you fucking kidding it me. It didn't feel like it was it was real ever, you know. And, and
1: and it's not like you're you you're in your unknown. You're just like. Hey, I got to get this kid, Dylan. I got to get to the event. I got to make sure he's comfortable and hopefully he does well. I'm going to help him do, you know, like it's everything you're already comfortable with, like going through your own competitive surfing and, you know, like, so you're, you got the best of both worlds, you yeah. know, like you're just kind of like, yeah. I'm, I'm doing what he's doing, but I don't have to put a jersey on. Yeah. I have and less I'm experiencing pressure. all the same yeah. everything. One, yeah. It was, it was I kind of
2: had that mindset a little too of like, this is the best it could be. Like I don't have to win something. No, I just gotta be here for this kid and make sure he's
3: happy.
0: He's alright. And what what's crazy too Gilly, like when you when you first got this job and the, the idea for Jeff was to alleviate what Jeff was doing, right? You were gonna help support Jeff in in managing the team and hacking boxes and sending orders out, right? right? Yeah. Doing, doing grunt work
1: and then right? show up to surf events
0: and show up to surf events but pretty quickly your job got elevated
2: yeah I'd say like a year or two years in was that first big trip yeah where I was like whoa this is insane and I mean you know my, my one day a week for Jeff at one point in time was they're like hey we're gonna do this summer tour the shred stick thing and it was like like, dude, I don't even think I, I know. I didn't have a license to drive this big RV thing we were doing, but like, I did. And driving it like across country with my old roommate Max and Pete Rocky, and just setting up these events with Saxon Boucher and like Rob Machado would jump on the bus, Timmy Curran, and Yaden, and Pato. God. And like, so doing all those like promotional things too. Yeah. I kind of got like in a in a couple years because our team was so small. I got a chance to like get my hands on so many different like facets of the brand. Yeah. Of like, okay, I know how to like ship stuff, like whatever, it's kind of mindless work. Um, but then, going on the road and like scheduling out like, okay, we need yeah. to be at this place at that yeah. time, hey, you and went set to a up different and do school.
1: this yeah you didn't go to college you just went to a different school yeah, yeah. totally but like reaching out okay here's the retailers around we got to make sure they know about it we got to have posters we got to have pre you know, you, there's a lot of moving parts yeah that have, like there was no instagram yeah it was like
2: it was like you needed foot soldiers so like hey i'm gonna go tape posters to every sign in town like yeah. get the tape guns like, yeah sticking them on there guerrilla marketing um, guerrilla marketing yeah paul we gomez that, made maybe. us do that a lot <laughs> Paul Gomez made us do a lot of funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it was insane and some was like genius, you know? Yeah. It's so fun. I learned a lot of cool lessons from Paul. But the the best one ever was I remember the waves were really good one day and we were all at work. And he's just like, what are you guys doing here? And we're like, we're working. And he's just like, well, if you don't go surf right now, you're all fired. Like, that's why we work here. Like, get yeah. out of here and just like like forced us out the door. Yeah. Just like any all this stuff can wait. Like the waves are good. Like go now. We're like, well all
1: right. again you're the like that's
0: it's it's the surf industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well it was it was again, so different. The old you know, school so surf industry. Yeah.
1: You know? But also we're in a very competitive hub. And they want all the hurley people out in the lineup, you know, because you know other brands are you no, know, there's other people. So, but you know what I mean? It's always
0: competitive.
1: Yeah in the store at the event all this and it's still competitive like at your local break like getting the people the head out there ripping yeah totally right yeah
0: absolutely okay the yin and yang the good and bad the positive the negative of Nike in our world yeah like Hurley benefited so much with the power of Nike right? And you, like, what's crazy is I, I hate it because they created a vacuum, right? Like, of of expectation, you know? Like, yeah. But 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 the thing that I want to really talk about is how Nike couldn't have, or Hurley couldn't have done some of the things they did without Nike. Those resources. Yeah. Right? Without the money without the marketing power. Yeah. But you guys, like, you were the architects and, and um, executors of for sure. the marketing and the plan. And yeah,
1: Nike, Nike didn't come in. Well, they, they gave the you interesting the funds, thing that, but you fucking, like, you guys made it happen. Well, the yeah. for, the formula was there before Nike, and they stuck to the right. formula after Nike. Right. It just helped, like you said.
0: Yeah. So, so it, they up the ante. Like, yeah. what what... I mean, you were there when Hurley took over on U.S. Open. Yeah, the heydays. Well, even that, and the yeah. and the
1: lower's pro, and then Bob's like, yeah. or I don't know if it's Bob. Yeah, but they're let's like, re- let's give a gold they should,
0: stake. They should, pay, you know? they should
2: get paid way more. Surfers shouldn't get paid. 30 let's grand. have like, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah have years like, ago. Let's, let's have like, let's have the rooms. Let me give him seventy-five, and just like right before the final paddle. When just Bob decided that was to do that. that was well, simple, the right? Said let's do a lot. That room. was a one where it was. Well, I think we upped the money first
1: for. The previous open yeah
2: or no you know what it was kelly versus taj they're paddling out for the final that was and it uh-huh. bob said hey surfers got paid this amount like whatever it was 20 years ago he's 100 grand for no i went to 75 oh, okay like i'm gonna make it 75 grand to whoever wins this final and That's we're gonna sad. add 10 minutes more on the clock and taj went no no i don't want kelly in the water for 10 more <laughs> and then it ended up like, I don't know if they flipped a coin or whatever, but like a lot of people were, yeah, let's do it. Ten more minutes. Ten more minutes, Kelly wins. <laughs> awesome. grand. I, uh, the I, next year I think don't we want, did
0: a hundred grand.
1: You, yeah. You're in the heat after I get a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's add ten minutes, but Kelly only gets four minutes. <laughs> yeah. that's uh, the only way I'm gonna yeah. win. Hey. Uh, can we bland, can we blindfold him? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it to help. Yeah, so
2: I think uh And then maybe the next year it was that we did U.S. Open and upped it to a hundred grand. And then the following year was like, "Hey, this is this is Hurley Pro at Trestles. This should be a hundred grand if that's a hundred grand." It was like, "Okay, let's do." it.
1: But just, I mean, but yeah, that was. But but like you said, there's there's money, but there's there's also like a lot of like factors that 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 money can help you know the, the locker rooms you know yeah. like the better conditions for the you know the the athletes and and the and well, the spectators and making it like just elevating everything yeah everything about it i mean before nike got really involved in hurley
2: we had this small marketing team and we had like finite resources of money you know? yeah it was like hey dude i think our i, I want to say our total like marketing budget back then was like two hundred thousand dollars. And like, on top of that, we probably had like some athlete salaries that didn't come out of that. But it was like, dude, that's for For the fans and. And we did. We sponsored Warp Tour. We did all this like insane girls, uh, like young contemporary. They called it at the time. Yeah, we did insane stuff with our women's business. Um, And then all the surf stuff, ripped my shred sticks, like tours across the the U.S. for the summer. Like you know, that's fifty grand right there. So. We all had to hold hands and go, hey, is this the best thing for the business? Like, let's agree on this and do it. And it felt like we had so much momentum because our team was so, the nucleus was tight. We just all were like, yeah, when your event's coming up, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna help you with whatever you need. And then once we kind of like had the influx of cash where it was just literally like we're the same people and they just went, hey, here's like millions of dollars to do yeah. whatever you want. Let's add two zeros Here. to that. And then um, <laughs> yeah. like uh, you know, Roger Wyatt, he's like one of our amazing leaders that came down from Nike to, to help us like kind of get the brand to that next level. And Roger was the one that went to like Pat O and I might even been there and he's like, hey, we should sponsor the US Open. And like, you know, I think maybe he saw like the OP Pro and what it once was. And then the U.S. Open at the time was just this like tchotchke, like hodgepodge of junk. You know, it was like not sexy at all. None of the best surfers in the world came. Yeah, you know, it was like a it was a regional event
0: at best. Yeah,
1: yeah, because then it turned into a
0: a trade show on the beach, but not of
2: good things that you would
0: want. Right, it was like chicks getting their
1: butt signed and all
2: that. Yeah, and just like. Random like stickers and keychains and just trash. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. You can wait so, from taking over the town. Yeah,
2: and I think what was really amazing from Nike is obviously like, hey, the the funds were great. That was obviously like access to a lot. But then there was like a guy like Roger who basically he was the reason that Nike started doing soccer. He like brought all their big wigs to a game and went, look at this. We don't even play in this world i think he gave him like a, i think he took him up to the christ statue and gave a big speech to them up there and like it it sounds like yeah. bad you know yeah. super roger and so they went into soccer and it's you know they're huge and so he has this like vision of like no this could be amazing and we can dominate this and i couldn't see it like i grew up going to that contest and i'm like dude that thing's like an eyesore when it comes to town I'm like oh, not either. into it trust me Addo is the same we're just like I did 12 I years of that
0: just being so like ugh yeah like, like when is this over yeah and wait it's... you going know, to add another week to it fuck
2: so we brought in uh, did you guys ever meet Jeb Sikiros I, I heard General Jeb so Jeb he's like a, a former like army ranger I think I've and, heard of and same. anyway he, he started working at Hurley with us he's just this like really rad guy and like, he'd wear the same thing every day. He had like his uniform, you know, super militant, just like a white, uh, a white. Um, Very organized by the book. This type of shorts, if he was wearing shorts, this type of pants, if he's wearing pants, these were the shoes he wore. He had five pairs in his closet that were exactly the same, same kit every day. And Jeb got put on like, hey, you're gonna be in charge of the US Open. And so it the was like, guy for it. it was the perfect guy for it. Like, I don't think any of us like, knew Jeb too well at that point. But then once he's like, okay, like we're going to take over this room here and it's just going to be like the U S open war room. And so he built a team of people that was just like, Hey, your job is this. Your job is that your job is that like retail, which is so important to have like concierge service and everything. And it was like, we elevated that event to where it was the sickest event ever in the whole world. Um, I think at that event was, we, we had started doing this, uh, this thing called Walk the Walk. This was Lindsay Roach had this idea to go um, work with all these high schools and do, like, a fashion show competition. Oh, yeah. I remember And this. it was huge, dude. It was, like, gaining steam. It was pretty young still, and, and it was already just, like... We were getting hit up from schools all over the country that wanted to come join and be part of it. And we had, like, all these celebrity judges that would, you know... We'd have, like, Ramachado, Yadin, Simpo guests judge it, and even, like you know, guys like Paul Walker, and um, I can't even remember who else yeah. came, but um, they would judge this fashion show competition. We had one at US Open, and it was, it was honestly, as a brand, I think it was probably the best thing we'd ever done. And that's probably the one thing that like, one of the things that Nike kind of like nixed us from doing that anymore for some reason. I was still like, not in those meetings, at that point but yeah. like for some reason we had to cut that and it was like dang this is like the best thing we've ever done because yeah. we are so like beach culture but these kids it was attracting are like inland
0: culture which and they love your, the beach which is but, your like not target demographic but the well it was, it's you, a hole in our business
2: right like middle america is like early yeah. for this because of that because yeah. they don't surf yeah you know they think surfing's cool but, yeah like this was our you know, we we kind of dabbled in skate and it never really like stuck too yeah. hard for Hurley, but like this was that for us. Like, hey, women's and like kids that don't surf, this is it. That know? that's, so too, it's kind of, that's it's the a little thing I hate about
0: Nike, right? <laughs> you you
1: you guys, they, yeah, you're the experts within that that forum, that that that, that niche, okay. and then you do yeah. something cool, and then they're like, now we're gonna take that away. Like, yeah, the fuck was so it
0: was, was kind of weird remember 6.0 yeah and, and remember was 6.0 before Hurley or no. after after right yeah after okay remember how successful 6.0
2: became I kind of don't really remember how successful they became I I remember I saw it everywhere so but I don't remember them like if they it was sold like the surfer beach version of it's,
0: it was their DC shoe. Yeah. You know?
2: that, Yeah. The, okay. I remember seeing it everywhere, I, but I don't
0: remember like looking at it and going, this is I worked. Bad. I right. worked for a shoe company, right? DVS Shoes. And at the time, DVS Shoes were the number one core skate shoe in the market, right? And Nike was trying to get in the market. Nike got in, into it through Hurley. Right into the surf market, yeah. But in the skate market, they they couldn't get in. Right, it's dominated by us DC etnies, all the skate brands, the yeah. endemic skate brands, and Nike couldn't get in. But I think with with uh, Hurley, they were able to like get Trojan s- Horse. The Trojan Horse was 6.0, right? And 6.0 is an action sports brand, right? Yeah. It was skate, wake, snowboarding. It was a goofy brand, but they sold shoes to the masses, right? Yeah. Every mall store. Every mall store. Yeah. So, and they had SB, right? And yeah. SB is their skate shoe. Right? Well, not not right out of the
2: gates. I don't think they had SB, did they? Well, they had SB before 6.0. Like, oh, they did? Yeah.
0: Oh, okay like I said I I was just yeah you were close to it yeah and um, SB came out and they couldn't they knew that they couldn't sell to everybody you know yeah because if they pour it out then it it wasn't cool the core it wouldn't be cool so they They accomplished you know the top of the pyramid right
1: it's a pyramid thing
0: right your influencer shops your your influencer kids they're no money maker yeah but they're the marketing the top of the pyramid is the marketing and then down below is the mass market, right? Yeah. So they achieved that top market with SB. But they knew, like, they could sell to Cowtown. They could sell to all the best skate shops with SB. But you can't sell to Tillys. You can't sell to Zoomies, You yeah. can't sell to the and, and that's all where you make your They want is. the swoosh, okay. right? And then they go, okay, well, hey, I can't give you this, but we have this. Right? Yeah. Nike 6.0. And they did it and they had retailers Tillys, Zoomies PacSun carrying and 6.0 and, and I'm just like I'm sitting there as a competitor going fuck yeah. yeah they've got the cool kids and they've got the mall kids now yeah with you know these two different brands I can't fucking believe it We're, they're not number one but, right but they're number in the top you know they're in the market and they're killing it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've got Chloe on board. They've got Julian, right? Yeah. All on the Nike. It's pretty much 6.0, but 6.0. Nike. 6.0. It was right? a Swiss
1: with a 6.0, right? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. 6.0. Yeah.
0: And then and then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, like, okay, they're, they're, they're on every skate wall. They're on every mall wall, you know? And then, bam, they get rid of it. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, what? Why are you getting rid of 6.0 when you already, you know? Because some suit, yeah.
1: some suit high up says we make more than all of these brands with just our white crew sock volumes. Something you know, probably like but, that. But if you really look at it, right? Like, but but again, it comes down to numbers and not marketing and market share. Like, yeah, they they come down and they look at it like okay, how much are we spending in 6.0 and everything and all these activations and all these retail like commitments. People that work They're for like, us. And but all we could do cool is add around. another color in our crew sock. So we do black, navy, you know, gray, white, like let's just add burgundy or whatever. And then that, that one sock pays for, that's the way they, they look at numbers and the way yeah. they, you know?
0: It's, yeah, it's re- it was really like, frustrating to see how they like went to the market Exploited it and then got out. Well, it was
2: bad. It was really Sucks. frustrating for us that worked at Hurley because we were always kind of looking to Nike to go, hey, like, help us out with this. Like, we got this big idea. We want to, like, inject it with some cash and, like, blow it up. And it was like, we never really got support for a number of years. And again, I wasn't involved in these conversations, so I don't know exactly how they went, but for one reason or another, we ran on our own P and L like for a long time and it didn't change until I think when we started talking about like, Hey, you know, six O's and in, in there, like they're making board shorts and t-shirts like we're competing against you guys to like get market share, yeah, which is like, didn't make any sense to us. And then, so that was really frustrating. And then finally, I think we always did better than them. And it was because we were so resourceful, you know, they had all the money and they could throw big dollars at things, but they didn't have the authenticity. Yeah. So we had the authenticity and the roots and the core, and we just knew what to do because of that authenticity. Yeah. And so when we spent a dollar, we stretched it to go to $10. You know, when they spent $10,
0: it was like they spent two. Yeah. And so that's a good point to so it's point in time, but honestly though, They established, they paid to get in the market. Established it. It's like, to me it's like, like car companies, right? They have different models, right? It's just like that. Like Nike had different models, Hurley and 6.0. Yeah. Like there's, I know what you're saying is like- But for sure. We've heard that before. Like, yeah, you know, like they did, they, they, they looked at the numbers and they said they could just make money without it. But yeah. in all reality, like Nike, yeah. is Nike in Tilly's? Is Nike, you know what I mean? Like h- how much is Nike there but if they had
1: 6.02? yeah, You know what I mean? Like For all the core retailers, you know, and again, looking at the big picture, it's like these big businesses, they'd rather do... 16 million dollars with three accounts than 3 million with 300 accounts because of the head you know like yeah there's so many different like but ways they look at it yeah you know where they're like
0: in reality though that's not what we're talking
1: about no but i'm just saying like coming you know you're talking about like yeah you know how they come down and make rash decisions where you got something successful why would you cancel it yeah you know I'm just, I'm just throwing out, like, so other other I, ideas of why they would.
2: I think when they pulled out, like, I don't know what the numbers were for 6.0. I don't think it was doing very well. But they decided to pull out and say, hey, you know what? I think, you know, we were always like, hey, why wouldn't you just invest in us? Yeah. We know what we're doing. Yeah. Our, our books, we're in the green here. And you guys are, like, in the negative, like, just give us a little more and we're going to grow this, like, way better, you know? Yeah. So finally when they said, okay, we're going to pull out and we're going to give you all these resources. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to take the team and stuff and it kind of came at a funny time because we were about to like sign John John, you know, that was our, our since I had worked there, you know, we had like, Rob Machado was on the team, Timmy Curran, we signed Yadin, Jeff, this was before Pat worked there, I think, Jeff's, uh, Jeff signed Yadin to the team. That was our first like bigger like international newcomer guy. Yeah. dude that we like brought on that was new and then when Pat got there it was like we, you know we picked up like Simpo and Ace Buckin and we had like a little more variety of like younger guys on the tour and it was it was rad like we had a cool presence and everyone was super down for the brand you know they like bled for us um, and that kind of all just stems from like Bob and how cool he is and yeah. like he you know through that like Pat was that way and I tried to be that way and um, and then anyway we we like went through th- this roster and we were like, Oh we should like Dane Reynolds, you know, like they were wanting to get Dane really bad for a while and we were kinda like throwing that one around like, yeah, that'd be insane. Like he's the man and John John's name was on a list and we we're just like Yeah, like I was I was like, dude, John John's so good, he's a freak, you know, and this was maybe right before he went, like, nuclear, like, with how gnarly he was, um, he was always gnarly, but just,
1: like... But the you under, under, underground gnarly, he just, wasn't yeah. that amateur, you know, can't yeah, yeah, coming through the rankings was, that's like, oh, oh this is an next thing. Like, like, yeah, Chloe. He, he am- went, oh, Julian Wilson, like, yeah.
2: it's an obvious, like, he's a he champion. Was, Chloe Handino, like, he's a champion. Like, they went and cherry-picked, like, yeah. these dudes that were just, like, at the pinnacle. Yeah. And so we were like... Okay, like, dude, we're hearing John John's deal's up. Maybe he's not that stoked. O'Neill signed Jordy. You know, he's taking a little bit of a back backseat. I don't know. Let's fish around. And Bob and Pat were super into it. And so we ended up like, you know, Pat was the one dealing with that, like, just massaging that thing forever and ever and ever. And finally, he's like, dude, we're gonna get the deal done with John. Um, and we were just like god this is unreal and then honestly like the week before the announcement of like hey john signed we're gonna announce it next week they go hey we're pu- nike we're pulling out a surf and we- you're, you're and they're gonna you're, take all these people and we're like
1: which is what? the whole nike 6.0 like, team yeah which yeah. is yeah. like
2: i mean dude there was a laundry list of like insane people like Carissa Moore, like we, yeah. didn't, we didn't really have like Michelle, Michelle M- M- Borez, yeah, Alejandro Michelle. oh Borez, Alejo? yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. he was gnarly. Wilson, Philippe Toledo, like he was super young, but he was crazy good. Koloe, Lakey Peterson, that third Laura for them,
0: third stab uh, video, yeah, how surfers get paid. It showed that video. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I need Probably to go
2: you watch, watch it, dude. I heard it's good. I, I watched the first version, and, yeah, it's it's pretty entertaining.
0: It's insane. Yeah. But they show the – they were, you guys were in Hawaii when that happened, right? And they had, like, a early, like, get-together with all the, you know.
2: Yeah, there was maybe, like, multiple that kind of went on at the same time. Yeah. Like, because there were so many people. You know, there was all the Hurley crew, all the Nike crew just the surfers, then yeah. there was like the people that worked for the brands and like so we were all just like dispersed amongst these like three houses and you know how small the North Shore is. Yeah. It's like it one out. person, it's just like wildfire. Oh, yeah. So coconut, we're like, was, okay, was, uh, coconut, coconut wireless. Yeah, coconut wireless. So it was <laughs> Curtis Graham flew over and he literally just like went from one house where it was like the A list, tell them I think Pat was maybe went to John John's told him first this is what's going to happen like yeah you're still signed on like you're you're our guy you know like, yeah so then to julian's place like kolo you know the
0: team Such house like, all the heaviest places. roster dude ever yeah he went from a heavy roster to the heaviest roster heaviest
2: roster ever yeah it was it was pretty nuts dude it's uh I still can't even believe it and obviously
1: like there was people that like and again we we love the fact that surfers got paid yeah. and made money but like oh, let yeah. said, had the vacuum of like you know these other brands whether it's rip curl or quicksilver or billabong or x y and yeah. z now have to like, compete with that they, they've done amazing you know? yeah
0: they've done amazing things to elevate the presentation of Cultures, right? But then, like, once they kind of feel like, oh, the shiny new toy is not as shiny anymore, you know, and then they leave, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Like, another thing that pissed me off, (laughs) I'm sorry to vent, but DVS shoes, you know, skate park at Tampa, right? Yeah. Tampa Pro, Tampa Tampa Pro, Tampa Am. Yeah. DVS was a sponsor, main sponsor of that contest and they paid like I think we they paid like 60 a year to be the title sponsor of that event. SB comes along you know and says hey we're going to sponsor that event or we can sponsor that event. Yeah, we we'll double. Money talks. So 250 Korean is what they started paying for that event. So and then they, you know, it's cool because, yeah, they, they, they help, you know, fund yeah. a lot of uh, re- innovation and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, you know, and, and that lasts for however long. And do we talk about Tampa Pro or Tampa Ham right now? Mm. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So. I mean,
2: it was, you know, the the U.S. Open is a perfect example of, like, they got really into it, and instead of like, "Hey, let's just rent all this space out on the beach to like recoup some of the investment," they're like, "No, we want to own it all. We want to say who's allowed in here and who's not, and like, yeah. we don't want yeah IMG to go sell this to like Joe Schmo's hot dog stand because we want it to feel premium, yeah you know." And, yeah, and, you can't
1: control when you sub it out, yeah, like you know.
2: That one stuck around to remain that way for a while, which is cool. It's it definitely feels like a. It's a lot more elevated than it got to for a point in time, but I hear you, man. Like the the salaries of some of these surfers <laughs> were getting was like just astronomical. It, it actually made like no sense whatsoever to the size of the brand to pay these things. Like if yeah. you wanted to compete in that world and like have a rad team of people that like well, felt like made a difference, yeah, you had to pay so much money that like. Yeah. You couldn't even like then market them sometimes if you you know if you didn't have a really good plan of like because that was the magazines too then you're like okay we have Julian Wilson and he costs X and now we have to pay the surf magazines to like put his picture in our ad and pay this photographer and pay that like you're just kind of like bleeding money everywhere to go hey we need to make sure everyone knows that Julian Wilson rides for Hurley and that it, there's this like partnership there so they think we're you know we're rad or whatever and it's like dude everything just went through the roof like yeah. you went to the well, magazines and go hey we want four pages four double pages and it was like okay like here's well there's the, cost, and then you're like well dude if we even want to get noticed we have to have four double pages yeah well the, the well the brand then, totally yeah you just like started doing stuff because you're
0: yeah. like oh i have to keep up with it's the changes like change shows, shows at asr yeah, I gotta keep it with it
2: up the with the Joneses. Yeah,
1: for sure. But but most brands run, if they want to be you know fiscally responsible, is like okay, this is what we spend in marketing, and it's X percentage of our you know gross sales or you know like, and then this is what we spend in R and D, and this is what we spend in you know uh, you know new whatever the how they break it up. Like marketing is by far the biggest expense. Yes. You know. But but you you What are you doing over here? Lights are you strobing? But uh, you know that, that conditioned percentage which was norm got just blown out, you yeah. know. Well, for the size of our
2: business the, at, at Hurley, yeah. We were spending like I don't even know how I many, 10 times more than we probably should have. Yeah. You know, a healthy business does that. They go, Hey, marketing should be X percent. This should be that percent. For sure. And they, they just but, went, but, Hey, but, don't worry about that. Be the best, be known as the best. And, but,
1: but a lot of that, like but a lot of that budget in a couple of years. Yeah. But a lot of that budget you gotta, you gotta put towards retail, you know, and fixtures and windows yeah. and, in like you said, magazine ads and, you know, travel and, yeah, you know, like there's that that pie gets divvied up pretty quick, and a lot of it was like, yeah, salaries. Well, they
2: did. I mean, we had the salaries, but we had all the store, you know, stuff, buildouts, and like where's the best retailers. Like, okay, Hurley's gonna like own that
1: yeah store, you know, and, and so that was we, a big budget because we, did a we lot know of those things too. They went into the retail world as far as like striking like yeah substantial like agreements and deals. Yeah, yeah.
2: and it was it was great. I mean, the perception was that Hurley was like. Dominating. dominating you know yeah. and it was that's great it was awesome and I think where things like really started to get like a struggle for us was there there's a lot of these systems and it probably goes back to your point that you were making Jay, about why they make decisions they make to go, hey, we don't need this brand we can make a sock and it can profit as much as this entire expense of a brand and, that, and that's default by big so they went
1: brands that are disconnected with what you're really trying to build long- term. Investment. So there's
2: these these systems that they have in in like how they get product made and how where they get it made. And they're so big, you know, they have to like have special factories to where it's like all labor laws and this, like Nike can't afford to be, you know, like sweatshops and things like that. And so, you know, the surf industry, it's small, and there's a lot of brands that just like, yeah, dude, the guy down here makes t shirts and we get some made over there, and he's our friend and he's cool. Is his place get an A plus when he's on the the guys that come check like, Yeah. No, probably not. But like we love yeah. him and he's cool. He's one of yeah. our buddies. And it was like, hey, it's we, a can't, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. You know
1: and no I No pro deals, no like back in no, like it's it, all it just really sad by the book. Because
2: Hurley was like such a big a big account for one of those like T shirt brands to have. Like there was some some of these T shirt printing companies that went out of business because we said, Hey we can't do business with you anymore yeah. because when nike really got involved it was yeah. like hey we got to shift you to this guy and it was like way less efficient for us yeah you know and yeah. so all these like things that we like had to fall into their system the back end shit sort of like it didn't the back end for
1: us yeah. and yeah. it was just that like so we've given too much like, yeah. airtime on nike now yeah. so yeah. let's and so yeah. so but back you guys sign, no you sign john john and you become his handler kind of right
2: yeah so like, actually right talk. out of the gate so sean ward was working at o'neill and when john came over sean came over as well mm-hmm. and so sean was just like john's guy yeah you know i was kind of like looking after everyone else on the team okay like, from like colo julian carissa lakey michelle burrez alejo muniz miguel pupo yade yeah. nickel brett simpson like ace Buckin. and we we had i think at one point in time we had 13 men on the tour of the 34 that's so or whatever lucky. 13 were hurt. Right? Like, yeah. and I mean dude it was in the days like the,
1: the, the drama within yeah the like drama. certain
2: people like, wouldn't stay with certain people and it was just like you know it's <laughs> hey we got a, we got a
1: we got a Hurley house over here it's like well I'm not staying there because I don't want you know no, like, I, there. it
2: turned into like you know
1: I'm who so I am so I don't I want was, to stay there I was still
2: like more regionally focused with everything within the u.s you know i was doing these like tours across the u.s and um we'd sponsor kai neville's film and tour that across the u.s and show it all over the place i was like leading that kind of stuff and when we brought everyone in it was like hey brandon we want you to like go on the tour like that's where our money's at they're traveling around all these events like we want you to do that and help us leverage in all these like regions across the world where we want to own it so I was like wow okay,
1: I'm, I'm got tour. this guy made the tour yeah
2: I made so the tour that,
0: no pressure was that um, after the 6.0 team went to yes. you yes okay yeah so that was like immediately 13 male
2: was, 5 I female was like leading into pipe that year they announced that and then the next year was like hey that's like you're gonna go to snapper and like we're gonna have a plan of like what are we doing there and so, how fucking
0: psyched
1: were you? Yeah, I was so excited, man. It was because um, you know it's such a smart like way to look at it. It's like, okay, we know Snappers a Quicksilver event, but you got thirteen of the best you know athletes on the planet are all on a Hurley. Like, how do we make an impact in that area, right? Like, like yeah, how, even
2: I mean, though like, and like, just like you know the guys on tour, it's different than. A regional pro surfer who's kind of like a free surfer yeah they if you call them and you're like hey man we need you to go do this thing for a week it's it's a little easier to maybe get their time sometimes because they're going oh i don't really have a schedule i'm free free surfer and uh, (laughs) (laughs) the guys on tour they're like dude i spend nine months of the year on the road and barely see my family sometimes and like when i get to be home for like a week between 12-hour flight to this next place like dude i don't have time to like yeah. drive an hour away and do this thing for you like you know so we we're going hey let's make it easy on them like you know because of being a part of nike they were like hey we want champions we want the guy on the podium with the gold medal number one in the world who is it you know and we're like hey it's john john julian kolohe felipe yeah like you know these are these are the guys right now that are going to be the world champions Carissa Moore you know and then Lakey we had so many that it was like we were just kind of like sitting back laughing like hey we're just going to show up they're going to win everything and we're just going to like hang our hat up and it's sweet so we kind of like took another approach to it where Pat was like hey what can we do there to like make it make it better for them than it is for anyone else that's there at that contest like how do we improve it you're a team writer yeah and so we went okay at all the events like usually there's like a volunteer like physical therapist or like chiropractor something down at the event that'll like work on you and and WSL has like some great people in certain regions yeah But then it was always, like, spotty. They'd have, like, a different guy here or there. One year, you'd go back and see someone else. So we were like, hey, let's just bring these guys that we know that are the best at what they do, Tim Brown, Mark Kazuki, Terry Romine, and make a program where, like, they travel with us. So at every event, we have one of these guys, and they work on the Hurley team. And And? so our guys started getting, like, consistent work. Um, We started doing, like there wasn't a chef at each stop there was like hey there's this restaurant that makes insane food it's like organic or whatever the spiel was fresh juices we got a tab over there like you're welcome with your family to go over there and eat like so i was
1: yeah nutrition fitness like
2: with a lot of help, like I had. You're a concierge. Yeah, I had my for sure. I had my like right teams of Something like awesome. in Europe. I had a guy Philippe Malveaux who was like in France. You're just like, hey Philippe, like we want this and this and this. Yeah. Who, who is it? Where is it? He goes, okay, I'll I'll dial it in. Mitch Ross in Australia, like, hey Mitch, we want to do X, Y, and Z, and Mitch just goes, cool, we'll make it happen. Like, but I was kind of, I guess,
1: spearheading it. But you're that
2: you needed yeah. that part of like on tour support for our crew. And then around that of like, hey, this is the Hurley needs when they're there. We need John John wearing this short. we got a photo shoot over here the day after the contest. Like, just pull him in and, you know, let's get this done around this event so that we don't have to, like, peel in. It's just so smart, you know? Yeah.
1: Like, healthy, less stress. You know, being being comfortable, like all of those things, weigh on the athlete. You know, yeah. the stress levels and stuff. And you break that down, make it as
0: comfortable, but, but as possible, but, to perform as well as possible.
2: I mean, yeah. eating, just take any thought out of it yeah. for them. Yeah, like, your job is super... to show up and rip, and that's all you need to think about. You know? Yeah, like, taking I was, all like, that. like booking off. houses for people. Like, hey, you need to ride from airport. Like, I got you. Just you know, be outside. go have a sign. Yeah. It's all dialed, just show up and how rapid It's I mean, it got funny. to a point where we were shipping people's surfboards to the next event so that they would just go, Okay, I'm just gonna like
1: I got eight room and the, my
2: the boards are in the sh- locker. Room. My shit's there when I show up and yeah. like you know, it's it was like a real service to those guys and girls and like I took a lot of pride in it. I I really like I like helping people. I like giving, and I felt like through Nike and and you know really Hurley because ultimately Nike gave us the money, but like Pat and Bob, but their they, vision was like, "Hey, let's like make these guys feel like superstars. They should Pat. feel like Kobe Bryant yeah. or like Mick Jagger." Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean well, they, like, they took a playbook
0: from Nike and experienced it in surfing. Yeah,
1: I mean, could you imagine if, right? if like, in it, the '80s yeah. and '90s Bob had those resources, he would have done it back then. Oh, because of sure. who he is. Yeah, Pat, who's been a you know a fifteen, twelve, fifteen-year veteran on tour, he knows the struggles. He knows what it takes. What he wish he had. What you know? Absolutely. They got Absolutely. you put like that good of a team together, including yourself and everybody there, and your <laughs> your resources in each region. That's their special. That's their home spot. But just to have people work on you yeah. that are not just knowledgeable about like what they do, but they know your body. And then every time you see them they're like, Hey, is that knee? or Hey, how's your shoulder you yeah, know? Exactly. That intimacy Consistent. and that consistency is like it's so, so
0: how, huge. How long were you in that position?
2: Yeah, I did that for about ten
0: years. Woo!
2: Where I was like on the road with the team full time. Traveling the world. the world. Traveling the world, like um You know, nine months out of the year was, like, on the road. And sometimes, you know, there was a couple gaps of, like, a month where I'd be at home. And then there was most of the time where it was a week or ten days or two weeks. So, it's, you know, I never, like, I'm so lucky and so fortunate to, like, have got the experiences that I've gotten out of this. It's, like, I'm thankful that I see it as that. But there is a lot of things you sacrifice to to go do that. You oh, know? Yeah. And, and you know, that's just me. And then you're talking about the surfers that they're at home and they're like, hey, if I want to show up ready to win at this next event, like, I need to be in the gym. I need to be doing this. I need to do that. And so even more demand on them. Like, I got to kind of watch firsthand what some of these people go through. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, like, you show up and you give it your best and it doesn't go your way. And it's like, that was almost the time where I was like, got the closest with a lot of people because they were yeah. just like dude i've just freaking spent the last seven months traveling around i'm like i so did just you, lost and what's going on
0: here did you um uh, become like a coach too or
2: yeah i mean you know i had my hands full with so many other things because we had so many people on tour i was the first priority was always to, like, be down at the beach when the contest was on. Yeah. And, like, morning surfs, like, before the calls, we were yeah, always Yeah, let's down talk there about the watching. perks of
1: the business and surfing but, a lot um, of these spots around the world. Yeah. You know?
2: But, uh, what, what was the question again you asked me? Like, yeah. were you starting to coach people Oh, yeah. Or were you... Um, you know, there was a couple guys that I felt, like, leaned on me more than others. But I felt like I always had to be prepared to give an answer because, like, a Julian wouldn't really ask me very often like what I thought about something you know he would have his coach or whatever or sometimes he'd just be there solo and then all of a sudden one time he'd go hey who who got the best ways in the last seat where's the best scores coming in should I be looking at the right or the left and I'm just like you gotta be ready to give him the answer and the right answer right then and so you know in a in a way I was coaching that degree and then there was a couple other people like a carissa would actually go like hey will you coach me at this contest like be in my corner watch me ride all my boards before the contest Wow. And dah, dah, dah. yeah and so there was a few like more coaching moments like that but uh i liked it but i just the pressure that it that came with it i just kind of felt like uneasy about it's it all the time and, and it's such a high level and there's so much at stake and I just you know I, I don't feel like it was like my the best you're thing calm. I ever did like yeah, but it was super fun yeah
0: yeah cause you know your job is so weird <laughs> it is weird yeah, it's weird a... to think that that was a job like I yeah like, you know you know you're like a handler concierge like Poor bro
2: but yeah it's like i'm the guy that they can talk to about whatever yeah you know, is not competing against them yeah and so like when i would say at the team house where there would be a few people staying together they'd be like hey like come to dinner with me tonight you know and and then like that guy wouldn't come or whatever you know they yeah. just needed to, to vent to someone that isn't the guy in their heat tomorrow and so it just became like dude you start hearing stuff and you're like you're almost like a therapist sometimes, just a sounding board to like yeah. life. Which and is the rad. Same. Like they become family on the road. You know, yeah. you spend so much hey, time around these.
1: Which people. which could be drama, but a lot of times it, it's it's great insight. It's probably super interesting yeah. to you knowing what I'm they're a fan of like, everyone. You know what I mean? People. So yeah. I'm like, what? Well, like, well, like,
0: dude, Julian's like, what's funny? Like, I was like, you blown away. You have experienced. You're the one percent of the one percent. Of like the insider, what what a pro the inside of a of the pro surfing world and tour, like right. you know what I mean? It's so crazy because of the experiences that you've had, and we don't care like I mean we're not asking about gossip or, but it's so weird like you experienced all that because yeah. there's so many people that are quirky that you know like John John right he's a quirky dude right he's a fucking freak in nature but he's also a nice good person but he's a freak in nature
2: right yeah. and and he likes to keep his circle pretty tight you know and and it uh it feels really special when you get invited in Yeah. and, and you're like whoa like he's telling me about personal things yeah. that he doesn't tell a lot of people yeah and yeah it was, it was rad to like be that close to that much Success too. Like and those, those people were winning. The, like every event was like, you know, if they if we didn't have like three or four servers on fu- in the quarterfinals, it was like, damn, that event was horrible. Yeah,
1: yeah. you know, and which and is and really, typically it was it like every, we're getting a win.
2: Yeah, like between charisma and that's and expectations,
1: and like, but that's also the reality. So you're like conditioned, but you know, you also got to yeah, you got to you're gonna have fallout. You know, some people don't perform or yeah, you know, a lot of matchups. You got a lot more success than you've been
0: Fallout, but still, you've been on the beach on site of some of the most amazing
1: triumph wins and yeah,
0: yeah of Pipeline, Australia, Portugal. Like, what what things come to mind when we when you go fuck? I so glad remember, I, witnessed I was that. there. Yeah, for yeah. that. I mean, Pipe, obviously Gosh, there's there. a lot
2: of things that I saw that I'm, I will never, ever forget. Um, when Kelly surfed against Andy in the final at Pipe, that was, like, the wildest surf contest ever. It was so, wait, the, you were at the... I was, I was on the beach that year, yeah, and that was nuts. That was well, just Andy like, won, right? Andy won, yeah. won the world title. It was for the world title and, like, everything. That was insane. Um... Holy what shit. What year was it that Chopu was was bombing? 2014? That was the Code Bella. Red? It wasn't Code Red, but it was like. One of the other it big ones. Really John John versus Kelly? John John versus Kelly in the semis. And Kelly won? And Kelly won that heat. Yeah. I mean, John John Lost probably the won the heat, in my opinion. But then Kelly had won an extra the heat score. And went into the final against Gabe, and Gabe won the event. Yeah. But remember some of the waves that were written in that comic? Oh, my God. And so I. You're in the water? I was. There and not only that, I'd never really driven a jet ski, but god. Dino and Dino went, Hey, Chloe's heat's gonna surf like jump on this ski and drive it so I can go over here and watch and I was like, dude, I don't know how to drive a jet ski I'm <laughs> in the channel at Chopu just like like oh my god and there's freaking sets coming out of
0: nowhere yeah. and and there's and there's just hundreds of boats. Hundreds of boats. Channels. It's the
2: scariest thing of all time. But I pulled it and like learned how to drive a ski and now I'm like you know somewhat comfortable on doing that <laughs> and, but uh but that whole event like i remember simpo was there during that event like i remember screaming at him in the channel one time i was always you know catting so for yeah. our surfers in the channel yeah and so you're dude chopu is one of the ones where you're you actually could be, in the water you could be just you, so like, close the door right there is like where they're taking off and you you see their expression on their face when a wave comes and it's just like the whole channel's lighting up raymana and screaming and go and just this it's
0: inverted drop years. and like it is it it's, 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 it's like owen right and, yeah, and
2: kaiot and, and probably wilco i mean everyone that year got psycho ones but those guys got some you humongous for waves 10 fucking years yeah so where sir Mick the the shark uh you were rich, with dude? mick yeah i was on the beach and like i i remember seeing it and i thought like a pot of dolphins were like running into them yeah because there was multiple like a lot of ocean you saw life. the you saw the like the dorsal fin and the tail like kind of yeah. popping. i was like is a big ass going on shark. and then the wave dude. came and he like went under and we were all like was there like, a gas shark, dude was there like, a gas on the beach dead you know? yeah. we were just like tripping out and then he got on the ski and got into the beach and he went around dude and like went into the athlete area where it was kind of closed off to the public but he hugged every single person in there. Yeah. If he knew him or didn't, like came up and just gave him a hug, was crying, and just like went yeah. to the next guy and hugged him and just it was so surreal. And Julian was in that final.
1: Julian yeah. paddled two. Julian like paddled yeah. two. He's the a freaking animal. Yeah. Like,
0: it was nuts. On the beach, I mean I, I could just imagine like the the you know what the fuck's going on. The gasp of like <gasps> what the what's you know like all the chatter that's going on and then you see the shark and then the wave comes up and you can't see mick and you're like oh my god like you said he's dead he's fucking dead yeah and then and then you see julian paddling across to try to go to him right yeah and 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 you're just like i think mick's
2: leash broke so he was like swimming and we're just like (laughs) well he's moving like he doesn't have a leg though for sure and then Nadetski the got him, and he got on, and we're like, okay, well, he's got two legs, but, like, he's guaranteed thrashed. And then he got in, like, not a scratch.
0: Fucking hell. It cool. was so pretty nuts. So, Chopu, Fanning, Incident. I mean, gosh. hype! Yeah. you were fucking there. Yeah, Kelly Sandy for the title
2: was really crazy. And that was, like, early. That was a lot. That was, yeah, lo- that that was like, the oldest. Yeah, that was probably even before, like, we got all the Nike people on yeah. the team. Um, yeah. Geez, i wish my memory was better Dude, there were so many good let's ones. talk about
1: your surf sessions fuck these pro guys that like you know like winning all this <laughs> shit i want to talk about gilly getting screaming waves at JB bay go. and the best right i want to yeah. hear about like well
2: <laughs> you know that's everyone's first question when they i'd come back from anywhere like oh my god i was the waves were pumping like how many good waves did you get and come on when you if you think about it and you go okay there's the best women in the world there yeah surfers the best male surfers in the world like the best in the whole world they're all there and they're all surfing so when i paddle out yeah. i'm not really getting many waves and especially when it's like an event day or a potential like the surf before the call gets made it's like i'm on the beach dude That's i'm, why I I'm hate watching str-
1: everyone rip strider so much because he horror. gets the waves in between the heat and in the yeah, downtime yeah. like strider that guy has that guy's pulling into like so many good ones in yeah, between he has a good little
2: system going for you got to sure. yeah you're, you're there but, to support um, the athletes
1: so you got to be like before the event you're not surfing, yeah. you know like and,
2: and i was you know, pretty
1: close to like I
2: mean, I was really, really close to a couple of the surfers on the team and, and others not as close. But I had a great relationship with everyone, I'd like to think. Yeah. But, um, you know, you always hear them saying, like, oh, so-and-so is, like, coach out there in the morning before the comp, like, dropping in on the set of the day. And it's oh. just like, yeah, that's annoying, dude. Everyone's here yeah. to, like, watch what you guys are going to do. And then they're out there, like, getting in your way or taking waves. And yeah, I was just like, dude, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. So I tried to keep it to a minimum. But yeah, there was definitely some lay days. That year at Chopu. actually, there was a few days in lead up to the event where guys weren't surfing because they knew it was just gonna be code redding in a couple days. And so it was three foot. And after the morning surf, when everyone pr- kind of surfed before the sun was really out, at like 9.30, 10 o'clock, it would just go like, i mean when i say no one i don't mean a few guys i mean literally not one person wow. and like four foot perfect choku, not a breath of wind i'd surf not for a drop out of spot. an hour and then <laughs> not like, a drop you know out ronnie of spot. and the commentary team would paddle out and there'd be like four other people pots and ronnie joe strider rosie and we would just surf trade-off waves like you know for another hour
0: and then we'd it what day. a what a charmed life that is. So bit, you the best the I surf- ever
2: got the best I ever got I think is um, I randomly became pretty good friends with Kyborg Garcia. Oh wow. Who was like, you know, I always had this joke with my friend Brad that like it was always like, Hey, the gnarliest thing you could ever do is like you gotta go like say this to Kyborg or do this with Kyborg or something and it was like, Oh I'd never do that, like that guy'll kill us. Um, But we were in Tahiti one year, and I remember Dino was on his jet ski, and he was really good friends with Kai. And I was on this, we had jet skis over there in Tahiti now with Nike, Hurley, and I had all these, I used to bring tons of snacks and, like, lots of good, like, power bars. And, you know, I'd go to Mother's and buy all this stuff, load up for all the team to have, like, killer stuff while we were there. And I remember uh, Dino, I gave Dino some, He's eating it. He's like, where'd you get that? He's like, oh, my friend Gilly right here. And he, Kai pulls his ski up, and he's like, hey, you got some snacks? Dino said you got snacks. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, here, dude, have whatever you want. Like, just kind of, like, look away. Like, don't make eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, all right, thanks. Here, like, gave it back. Came back over later, like, hey, you got some more of that stuff? Give him more. And then the next, maybe that end of that year, I, like, went to hawaii and i was i went to go do jiu-jitsu i like i got the bug doing jiu-jitsu one year and um, michelle Perez took me and i just got hooked and um so i showed up at jiu-jitsu and kai was there and he's like gilly you do jiu-jitsu and i'm like yeah dude i love it It's so much fun and i'd been like a couple years into it at that point so i think i like had a blue belt and and he was just like whoa that's so cool and then the next day i like i went to the church or whatever on Sunday and I walk in and like Kai was sitting there and he's just like What the heck? So we kinda like kept having these like
1: meetings. Little meetings. like little run ins Yeah, little
2: run ins and so it was it was really cool. Anyway, because of all that connection we kinda like started texting each other and, and calling, just checking in and, and always just kinda like encouraging each other and uh
0: the most menacing store. Sure yeah, Hawaii. I know. Ever. I was like,
2: at one time, my phone buzzed and it was Kai. and Brown was like, "Why did Kai Borg just text you?" And I'm like, "Dude, he texts me like every day. You know, it's crazy. I don't know." We're bros. But uh, we're in Fiji uh, right here. Fiji you want to talk shit? I got my backup yeah. boy we're over Fiji here. Fiji Pro, and and every morning, Kai would be like, he was doing water patrol there. So he's like, he's like, "Hey, Gilly, like." You could wait for the boat that's gonna go out at nine, or jump on my ski and let's go for like super early. And we'll zip out there, and surf before anyone gets there. And so I'm like, all right, it's on. So we were doing that. I was jumping on Kai. We'd get out there, we'd surf a bunch, like laughing, no one out. A power a bar. Year,
1: into a, just a tight. What day, That was another what a year. Power where, bar can do for the rest <laughs> of your life. The
2: waves got really big and cloud break was like firing you know everyone's out surfing cloud break and restaurants is like five foot perfect perfect and the contest was still going on and i think the way it worked on taveru is the surfers had to pay for the first week like no matter what if even fail off day one they had to pay for the stay first week then each additional day and it's not cheap to stay there no so each additional day was like however much money but they could pay by the day after that. So I think the first week had passed, everyone was on their day-to-day. So once they lost in the event, they were like, I'm going home because this event is out. costing me money to, to be here. Yeah. So everyone was bailing, and the waves are firing, and we're just there. And, and you're going, waiting like
1: quarter semifinals left. There's only a few guys left. They were left.
2: surfing like, for some reason, they would like surf two or three heats a day or four heats a day out of cloud break and then call the contest off for the day thinking tomorrow's going to be bigger and better. And so no one would want to surf anymore. They're saving their energy. And like Ross Williams was there for commentary I think at the time. Uh, Dino was there, Kai, myself, and maybe like four other people were surfing restaurants. How many times did you guys just and it was firing. That was that
0: was the most I ever scored. Talk in about Illinois. the perks of the job. For sure. That's what I'm talking about. Like, how many times that happened over the years? Yes, served. I know. Lay day, but it's only lay day because it's not perfect, and those guys are saving themselves. Yeah.
1: Please, please, yeah. please tell our listeners that you snorkeled out there as well. Oh, yeah. Flat because days. It's one thing to surf restaurants, and it's that perfect, and you don't even think about what's under, except, like, you don't want to land on a coral head. And then when you go and snorkel yeah. out there, you're like... What the fuck am I surfing over? Like Nemo Land? Like this is like yeah. the craziest? Like it's beautiful. It's it's just spectacular. Like yeah. it's just it's wild, where I've never dude. seen it. Like the colors and everything. Yeah, I never but imagined like, like
2: doing any of this stuff. I've got to do.
1: But As a I kid, again, you talk about like the surf and score, and then all the other like things you get one to experience. Thing to, like you know, we talked about being there for
0: these pivotal, iconic moments in time and history. Of, of, of the sport, right? Like watching these, the greatest surfers of all time battle it out, battle it out, and just like, like those tens at Chopu and and Kelly getting beat by Andy in a final yeah. with waves that were pumping, right? Yeah. And then and then learning like, oh yeah, you know these guys, you know the contest is on hold it's a lay day. Everyone's resting, saving themselves for the next day. But then you and commentary get the fucking Oh Yeah. They're on the they're sitting in their yeah. Havanas. we're fucking pulling in on four to six feet perfection. Yeah,
2: throw a video camera at these guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, I wish. I wish. Um,
2: yeah. No man, we had I had a lot of days that I should have taken advantage of it a little more. But like I said, I I never wanted to be that guy that someone called that needed something and I wasn't there because I was off surfing and like yeah. doing a you know a three hour like mission. Which down is the road why you're, you've risk. had one success would, in the success and then you I know I would have never lasted. I, I, no, I think it was
1: I had like a perfect balance. He would have crashed on the jet ski and gone over the falls. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, I, dude, I I love Kai, surfing. this is my last power Don't get me wrong. <laughs>
1: But I really he's, love... He's down and down over here yeah. this guy. Drive-talking him with his guy. Fucking surfers. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nerds. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, no, but gonna, I mean... We yeah. just... I mean, again, you know, as, as we've known you as long as we have and we follow what you've done and we're just like... Dude, we're so stoked that you got to... We're jealous. Live. Yeah, That's for, for sure. Yeah. You know?
0: So... But, but just, he did that for ten years. Yeah, dude, we're we're on three hours.
1: I know this is long. We might have to snip around a few dead parts. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: now.
1: I mean, it's so dead parts. I know. No, not even. So, but you did that, and then like Hurley obviously was, you know, coming to an... yeah, we'll do a big fast forward. Yeah. Um,
2: obviously, <laughs> like you know, there was a lot of rumors Nike was selling the, the brand, and um, the Hurley family was really trying to get the brand back, which yeah. is um, such a bummer. And they had like a great group of people that it. wanted to help them do that. And I, I don't know exactly how it went down, but I just, I think, I guess these, you know, Blue Star Alliance guys came in over the top with like a, a lot of money and just went, Hey, this is what we got. And that's, you know, what we're doing. And so Nike went that route. Um, and pretty much right out of the gates, they, they laid off like 75, 75, plus percent of the company. Um I was there still, but like, you know, our our marketing team was probably about 30 people that Whew. did, you know, it, from where we were when I first started to that like there was so much change just in the way that business was done. Yeah. You know, the digital age was like huge and people were direct to consumer and like that was a massive thing and there's a team of people that did all that, shooting product and getting it online a sales team and people that ordered the product for the website and all these different things you know we probably had 35 employees and then some contractors that worked in marketing and they let every one of them go except for maybe six of us and then they kept the six of us for another few weeks and then let three of them go and kept myself a girl named Rihanna Batista who had been at the brand probably longer than me. Um, and then uh, a young guy, James Giordano. Um, so it was just Tony the three G's of case. us. Yeah. 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 Gio. Um, it was just the three of us and we were just like, dude, this is impossible. Like, yeah. you know, we got this mountain, we got this mountain to climb with no resources. They didn't want to fund anything. They didn't want to help us like get things done. They, the level of expectation was hey, we have this website and we need to put all this stuff there. And I'm just like, I, I never did that. I don't know how to do that. I'm not a graphic designer. So there was a lot of challenges like that for the first few months. Um, aside from that, my main job at that point, I guess, was they fired a lot of athletes. You know, any contract they could get out of, they got right out of it. Uh, if they could give zero days warning, they did. They just went right by the by the contract. Verbiage, you know, there was no relationship for them, so yeah. it's easy to go. You sign this agreement, and it says we can let you go for any reason today, and we're doing that. Thanks, see you later. You know, with Bob, Brutal. it was like, you know, if, if things were coming to an end for someone, he'd probably go, Hey, why don't we just keep it going for six months, give you some time to look around, yeah, and start calling out, people, and get an exit strategy? We want to help you, you know, yeah. we, we care about where you're going, and so that's where it was different. And for me, I just always having that hurly family mentality of like, and just like dude, my, my granny that raised me, like you treat people the way you want to be treated. I kinda always have that like in my head of let's let's make it right, you know, it's not gonna I don't mind having difficult conversations. Yeah. But if it's just out of the blue and not cool, like then that's another but,
1: thing. You know, the so. the the bummer is is like those suit and ties or whoever making those calls don't have those relationships. It's like Look, this is a this is a partnership like they've given and helped the brand you know yeah. just like we've supported and paid them to help you know it's like yeah. it's so th- and then when they, you take that away and it's just a contract it's just like yeah that's not the way I don't think they didn't
2: work obviously they didn't uh they don't have the authenticity they weren't close to it they don't see the roots that like yeah you're gonna uproot by by doing this and like kind of massacring the, the brand a little yeah. bit and they caught a lot of flack for it right out of the gates and i sort of felt like because pat had left already pat and evan slater were like the heads of of marketing uh for a lot of years and they maybe a year or two years before the sale i think they knew something was up yeah um they probably won't admit to it but it was a little funny timing that they both decided to leave but uh they left and it kinda of elevated me to where I had a bigger role and it was it was cool. I was stoked. I was kind of wanting something a little different after traveling that much. I got a little burnt out on it. And then anyway, those guys were out. The company kinda of shifted after the sale. And yeah, I just had to like start calling athletes and like, hey, these guys are, you know, letting people go and like this is the deal. And I felt like a lot the of it, worst job ever the people that I was close to knew that like hey this isn't my call yeah but then the the perception around the industry I felt like was the people that maybe aren't on the inside are looking going like oh this guy Brandon like just became marketing the head of marketing and yeah. this is what he's doing and yeah. it just was like bad conversation after bad conversation and like no tack so like no taste you yeah. know, with any of it that I finally was like you know what I just gotta separate myself from this like even the stress and like you know I was like I can fall asleep anywhere I'm like I'm mildly narcoleptic I, I make a joke um, but I like couldn't sleep at night and it was just like these guys on you, man. these guys were calling me at like dude they're in New York I was getting called at like midnight on Sunday in Costa Mesa getting yelled at by people like why did this happen like over like an Instagram post or something and I'm just like what is going on here and I ended up just one day I just went out I need to quit and I quit like two days later I didn't want to think about it too much because it was obviously really scary I didn't have a job lined up I didn't have anything I just sort of was like I know this ain't it the future is not here for me and like I want to find what I had that will be my next 16 years hopefully you know so I just I left just pulled the ripcord
1: well I mean that's tough to do but when you you know you're not happy and it's like you know and you're optimistic like you know what like I have a set of skills I have a good connection and network you know like in the back of your mind you knew you would find something
2: yeah I mean that's you know there's the the Hurley family both like Bill who was like starting IPD and then the rest of like you know Bob's Sons that were starting the Kandui group that's simple in Florence like I started hearing rumors about that stuff and I was having conversations with those guys about things and and I just yeah I kind of knew enough people from like I was such a fan of like surfing in the industry that like I went to everything I went to every Billabong party Volcom party Quicksilver thing Ruka like I loved being around it even though I worked for another brand I just wanted to see what people were doing and like my friend they were all my friends yeah so i kind of felt like hey i'll probably be fine but i don't know yeah you, you just took the a unknown. big risk so i just went without anything i just went i can't stay here another day and i yeah. just took, took the leap um and i was like okay i'm gonna like we've just talked take like yeah. six months off <laughs> and just kind of kick it and like you know maybe take a couple little kind of i guess more or less a consulting Sabbatical. thing to like make a few bucks here and there so I'm not like on zero dollars and figure out what I'm gonna do next
0: yeah cause I mean you know it's scary to walk away from a paycheck but it's also like your conscience right like you can't sleep at night well I
2: kinda looked at it like you know my dad's such a worrywart and he was just like dude don't quit unless you have something and my stepmom was like if you're not happy you need to leave and in my own head i was like the scariest thing is to stay here if i stay here that yeah. is what scares me the most yeah. and if i don't have a job like i'm still single you know i live alone i don't need much yeah you know i can i don't have kids you could take a little I bit more like, risk yeah, than others i, I actually yeah. can do this right now because i don't have a family to feed and like you know i'm not like in that situation where I can't afford to do this so I have to do this right now and I I always wanted to move to Hawaii but for a long time I tried to convince Pat to let me do that and when I left I just went okay I'm going to move to Hawaii and so my first thing was I text Kai and I said hey I'm thinking about moving to Oahu for a little while I'll bring snacks do you (laughs) let me know if you know of anyone renting something and he said that's so weird you just text me that because the lady that rents my unit just told me she's moving out at the end of this month wow and it's yours if you want it how and so i just crazy like all these like you know kind of coincidences coincidence but i just believe that there's like more to it you know like everything that's happened to me in my life i kind of felt like like dude that's not by chance that that no i met that guy or did this or that yeah so i just like sort of believed in that of like hey my my path is like opening it up, you know, it's pretty spiritual, like, you know, God's opening doors and like other ones are shutting and these ones are opening, like, let's go, you know, feels right. Yeah. And so I went and I, I had a couple other like crazy, uh, things I was sending to friends that like, like, man, I'm struggling with this decision. I, I'm nervous to move to Hawaii. I've never like moved out of state before. And they were like, oh, well, you know, like check you know read this and check this out and like all these like weird scriptures and stuff and then the day I was going there this friend of mine I finally I was like texting her like I'm doing it I'm getting on the plane right now and she's like no way like hey read this thing I just read she sent me like the exact same thing like my pastor friend was sending me a year before or like not a year but like six months before like the day I was landing in Hawaii I was just like that's like meant to be yeah
0: you know, like this is all happening for a reason yeah
1: and, and it's good for change too like to get you know yeah to like a cleansing you just and need
0: somebody to tell you what you already know yeah exactly you know yeah, yeah. and i like I, I kind of felt like
2: when uh i left Hurley, i just i definitely was like in the routine of like hey i'd come to outpost kitchen or go to like ipono cafe and like see all the same people are like dude what are you doing now like where you at and i'm like yeah i got nothing like i think i kind of got burnt out and like maybe embarrassed or like just sort of like like man i feel like a loser or something i don't know it just felt it didn't feel good and so i went i need to just get out of town i need to clear my head i need to like figure out what i'm doing next because right now all i'm doing
1: is like the same yourself. thing
2: i do every Ch- day you um, need to change the scenery change.
1: but you also need to not have that weight of like well you know like you said like yeah. people
2: i mean like, orange county culture is very like like hey like what's your job what do you what do, you do? You, what, do you, what do you that
1: vibe and i kind of like what do you mean you have nothing going on like,
2: like like dang man this doesn't feel good and i just went i need to like remove myself from that thinking and just sort of like retreat and Hawaii was exactly that for me it was like mental physical spiritual spiritual retreat of like I connected with some great friends that I've known for a long time out there and like made some insane new friends and like just got my head straight Uh, you know Kai was so cool and like looked after me so hard over there and took me like you know I said I was into jiu-jitsu and he was taking me to jiu-jitsu all the time and training with all these guys and Showing me like so much stuff in that world and introducing me to all his
0: friends, and I just met some insane, like rad people. What What's funny, Gilly, is like uh, sorry to interrupt, but like you've lived everywhere else but home, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's moving funny. to somewhere yeah. doesn't really mean anything because you've been yeah. living, yeah, and it's not else.
1: moving somewhere that he's unfamiliar with. He spent a lot of time there and that's why you have a connection. You're yeah. like, you know, like I loved it. There yeah, so like much. this is, yeah. This you know what I mean? Like
0: you, you were already a nomad. There. And, and <laughs> in like, a way. like I said earlier, like you needed confirmation and people to tell you what you already knew in your heart. Right? Yeah. And knew in your mind. Yeah. Like, you need that confirmation and validation from other people to go, hey, you're doing the right thing. You did the right thing. Like, yeah. Totally. So, like, feel good about it. And and sort of like <clears> the
2: the <throat> physical and like mental like stress when I was still at towards the end. Like oh I God. quit surfing, like I was eating bad, I was just treating my body like really bad. Like and like work, it, work stress just like constantly <laughs> so computer body. Yeah. And finally I went, Okay, like this is not good for me. Yeah. So Hawaii was very like I'm gonna like do me going to train i'm going to try and eat healthy that didn't go great because plate lunches are really good uh K grill kind of took care of me and uh raised by the waves they're killer health food but uh i love food but um i love hawaiian food just the training and, and i i kind of fell back in love with surfing and sort of started to remember like okay this is it dude i love doing this i want to still be doing this like what is it how do i still work in the surf world and like Where's it going? So I kinda of started taking on like odd jobs like
1: Consulting and Yeah, like, I was like hooking
2: the brand D B for a little bit, uh the board bags and I, I yeah. helped them launch launch kill Surf within the US. Opened fifty retailers across the US, which mm-hmm. I'd never done sales before. Can
0: I tell you a secret? They hit me up. Oh, no and way. And I was gonna do it. And I got greedy and they never called <laughs> me back. No way. So I I said no for a, a
2: few times because the name obviously. But then they're like, oh, we're, we're rebranding. It's DB. There's yeah. no douche bags, whatever. Yeah. And they actually sent me the product, and that was what I I went. This board bag is legitimately like the best board bag I've yeah. ever used. And I use a lot it, of board dude. bags. I was jealous. I was like, so, damn.
0: And then I heard you were doing. it. I'm like, fuck. they are gonna kill
2: it. Yeah, and that was cool. Like I spent a year helping those guys, and and really it was like helping myself because i never done sales and never knew how to do any of that but i had connections yeah and i i went okay like i can do way more than i even think i can do yeah i don't have to just like go on the world tour and travel around with surfers like i i can create other businesses yeah. in different ways and your, your
0: connections and your experience and your network is valuable yeah you just need to tap into what it is that yeah,
2: you know. and so around that same time when I was like leaving Hurley, uh, Travis Foray, like one of my really good friends, you know, he, he founded What Youth and that thing was super cool and had its like moment in the spotlight and then leaving there, he kind of like took a little hiatus and then finally um, developed what is Inherent Bummer. Love it! Uh, yeah. And so... I left Hurley and he you know we started talking and I was like trying to get him to like do something with me that I was like hey I have this idea and I want to like build this like culture around this and that and like he was going well it's funny because like I'm I've started to do that and I'm doing this and that and like maybe not this what you're talking about but more of this and I see the future for that and so I was like okay well like maybe there's something to this and so he just started hitting me up like hey I have this job for a client they want to you know create this series about these surfers and blah 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 like you know you know all these people do you want to help me i'll you know i'll pay you so i started doing a bit of stuff with travis and as that started going on with inherent bummer i just was like this is fun this feels like early like what it felt like in the beginning. creative
1: you know? and and People Smelty. out and putting out, you know, great content. and in... yeah, and just it felt like we we're doing something our own, and it,
2: it really does feel like very unique. It's different than any brand, what any other brands doing. The the vision is like very much like like hey, you hit these like speed bumps and roadblocks in life, and sometimes you show up at the beach and it's onshore and shitty, but we're gonna you have a lot anyway. Yeah. Like, like, like the day we surfed the other day. shoulder stroke, yeah. like, eh, whatever,
1: we're surfing. It's kind of and, kind of like our podcast, Lennon. You yeah. know right I mean? Like, that's a goodness. little bit I, of the I attitude behind Gilly it. I saw
0: Billy in the parking lot on Northside the other day, and, and Travis fouled out. Sick. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh, we've been doing that, and, you know, after a few months, Travis and I were just keeping in touch, and I still had all these things going that I was, like, helping here and there and doing a bunch of different random stuff and i didn't really know what i was doing yet and then
0: you were doing stuff for eight eight board writers too, yeah. Right? yeah yeah so
2: uh, i was the uh i was on the board of directors i still am for huntington board writers club which is super rad like the community aspect of that is just like
3: meeting right up week. my
2: alley i love it super cool um so i'm still super involved there even when i was in hawaii like i was jumping on to have phone calls about it and, Trying to kind of spread the word in Hawaii to the right people. of Like, hey, you guys should get this going. It's insane, man. Here's what we do, and you'll love it. So it's a matter of time before that one sparks. Um, But, yeah, Travis was just, like, looking at the big picture and going, hey, like, it was just him. You know, his wife's an amazing writer, and she writes some stuff for the site here and there. um, And definitely, like, has, like, big vision uh, mindset so she's rad and helps us Eleanor's cool and Travis was like hey what if you just became my partner in this and, like we could do kind of everything together you know I'll, I'll pull you into this and that and like I'm working on x y and z like do you, would you be into it and so we started talking about that and I was like man I, this feels really good you know and just following that same like follow your like heart. hey this door is opened and one of my best friends, like, like literally, the first new friend I ever made when I moved to Huntington Beach was Travis. And he's like got this rad thing going, and we have a lot of common ground of like what we want to do and where we think it can go. And so I was
0: like, yeah, let's do it. So fucking awesome. And jumped yeah. into that. Yeah. You know that you guys sponsor the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: Just yeah. making sure. I hear yeah. it
0: okay. in the intro. Just making yeah. sure. Um,
1: yeah. But I mean, you're, you know, full circle you know guy from Downey that like moves the hp well you try to do a wrap-up yeah now? yeah
0: that's my yeah. job
1: yeah <laughs> i'm gonna try to speed it up because my battery's gonna die on my phone and you talk circles like 10 times I'm pretty good at it
2: okay I can you do it? I need a little too much.
1: Yeah. no, dude, this is. But you awesome. move in, like you said, you, you you meet your your group HB. You know, Groms Travis. Wait, B. can we
0: can I put you on hold for a second? Oh my god! Tell us what Inherent Bummer is and what the future of Inherent Bummer is.
2: Plug. Um, okay, so Inherent Bummer is a kind of like a production and media house. Um, we create our own media that is like the stories within surfing, music, art, kind of culture, and the surrounding things that touch all those fun little things that we like. And so we tell stories about people and events and things that happen in that world. And then also, we work as a production arm for brands to create content, commercials, series, videos, um, videos movies. movies, all sorts of things like that. So yeah and i mean the future is is big man we have we have big goals and a lot of cool ideas and we've been sharing it around with like some of the industry uh people that work at some of the brands and it's been very well received you know yeah Um, the only you know there's there's stab who does a great job with like a lot of things that they do um but there's just so many stories within surfing that can be told and that aren't getting the face time and so we just want to be there to Give a little different perspective on what is being told, and even tell some stories that aren't being told. You know, yeah. if if you look at us, I don't really like the comparison of us to stab. Obviously, we're way smaller right now, but it is very different. You know, we do talk a lot about like. And you need that. art and yeah. music. You and, need competition. I mean, it's it's we're, we're, you know, but, but it's the common
0: hole. goal. There's a big hole in like how we receive content. Like Instagram is not really what we're talking about here or youtube's not really what we're talking about here we're talking about like how what magazines used to mean right yeah to us as as surfers
1: and fans of the sport yeah
0: like culture how many magazines there were for us to like devour right yeah and and you guys staff inherent bummer you guys are, are are those new avenues and portals for us to like you know get our content and
1: yeah i'm I'm excited and the common goal is to elevate the sport and the industry and the culture but yet you need a different perspective different lens that you're kind of like yeah they do this great but they're not doing this and we're going to focus on what you know like it's just kind of taking a different view and a lot
2: of the things that we choose to talk about are probably things that they wouldn't even want to talk about Yeah. And so that's our point of difference of Yeah. Um but it is primarily like you know, eighty five percent is like surf. that's what, you know, Travis and I grew up doing and and, love well this podcast
1: one hundred percent (laughs) surf one hundred (laughs) percent
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, we're core lords. (laughs) The kids say core lord. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah.
2: We also make some merch. Yeah. From time to time we do little merch trips. I'll have you know
0: stuff. I bought myself a t-shirt. Thank you. For I bought my two kids' t-shirts. So yes. I, I uh what do you get change? Nothing.
1: Where's my fro where's my free uh shirt? No oh. I'm not oh. I'm I the one they... with, I'm the Filipino Jew. I didn't even know they they made <laughs> made shirts, but now that I know they did. Yeah, like, maybe they make yeah. six. He hasn't followed here. it yet, but he will get, get there on one it. day. It's yeah.
2: you gotta really be in the know to know.
1: Yeah, I'm in the know. He is. I'm in the. This guy is in. He's on the inside track. (laughs) He is. Um, Yeah, my battery's gonna die. Okay.
0: So so before we leave, leave. can you do a quick wrap up? Well, I'm I'm, I'm gonna do the uh, the gifting part of the show. Okay. Okay. This is what I came for. First off, he's wearing the awesome late night with Chalky Surf Stories podcast. Right. Hit us up if you want one? let us. go. Left Coast uh, novelty. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Mike. Mike, Mike Milla. Milla. Yeah. yeah. Shade sunscreen. Boom. Dude. Strider. Yeah. You Approved. don't want your
2: nose burnt.
0: Dude. Strider's got a big nose. It's, your war, it's a war paint
2: for the for the sun. If this thing works on him, you yeah. are good. Hey, you weren't
0: drinking it, but shoots beer. Ho. Oh, yeah. I'm a no beer
2: thing right now. But Japanese I want
0: lager. One of these. You, you want an uh, Ashland when I go. You want an Ashland hard seltzer good. or a Villager? Whoa. spirit. you I mean, had I those in there too. This
1: one looks
2: pretty good, but I I'll take what you got, bro.
0: We got Ashland.
2: Dang watermelon.
0: Watermelon.
2: We oh got my gosh.
0: Mango yeah, give me
1: stronger. that one. Which one do you like? Give me that
0: one.
2: Which one's
1: the best? So Villager spirit. Oh no, you can't do those. They're heavy. This is. Oh yeah, I don't yeah, do that. This
0: is 11% alcohol. Yeah, bro.
1: Linden, one of those. Ooh, those
0: what? What?
1: One of those, that and is the he's faded. Out. Linden's
0: right. blacking out. And then we are also sponsored by Just Live, <laughs> a CBD me company. Mehead. Me yeah, is me me my old boss, yep. dude. That one is calm. This one is Sleep Gummies. and this one's Immunity bro. Mm-hmm. We're you, you, up, thank you. Bro? And then...
2: Yeah, like, Bonsai Bard. I'm going to need Bonsai Bowl. Bonsai. I feel like I did the Groms in the Pit series. Dude.
1: dude. Dude. This is like your first event at HB when you did the... Uh, Bonsai bowl Yeah. Yeah. Joe
0: um, so Bard's
1: the man. We, we know how awesome it is Bonsai to get... Bulls. And we and appreciate bro. all of our sponsors. Thank you, guys. Last but
0: not least, thank so you to
1: I. Caballero pools and spas yeah dude <laughs> sponsors yeah if you guys are looking to redo uh your pool or add a pool also
0: thank you to this neon wave neon wave killers killer shop on the east coast you yeah, guys should talk to them the about creating content because they they're mm-hmm. legit like they 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 already create cool content but i think they need a video aspect so Got to introduce you guys Let's to them. Do it, yeah. Uh, also, Lake Elsinore ch- Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. Dude, thank
1: you. Yeah, if you're in need of a vehicle, those are the guys. It's
0: where surfers go inland to buy their uh,
1: newer used vehicle.
0: Yeah. yeah. We used to have a Dodge minivan. It's
2: insane. Nice. Good. We had a Dodge Sprinter van forever at Hurley. The thing probably still was running,
1: but. Dude. Love those we're, guys. We're, look we insane. have Sprinter van colony. Um,
0: <laughs> who else there?
1: Uh, earth pack dude
0: Dave for all your packaging needs so if you need to send out like hoodies or t-shirts or hats we do yeah well then you gotta hit up earth pack bro dude
2: connect us earth pack's a
0: bomb yeah I will cause I know you guys sell a ton of merch we do cause Larson's gonna start buying it I'm gonna freaking blow this (laughs) up (laughs) probably gonna be sold out we're gonna be yeah you're sold out already sorry Lark you missed (laughs) out and oh last but not least Thank you, Jay Lewis, for letting us record here in the beautiful yeah. Outpost Kitchen. You have to go and eat at Outpost Kitchen. Unreal. Uh, Near South Coast Pazo, Bristol. Bristol. Yep. So good. Outpost yeah, that Kitchen. Place is unreal. Uh, I recommend pretty much everything, but I love the Hawaiian Bowl here. They make smoothies, they make all kinds of good Healthy, stuff. Healthy, good curry wrap. Yummy,
1: fresh, yeah. local.
0: But the show is not about just our sponsors, bro.
1: No. It's about Brandon Gilly Gilmet. Yeah, thank you. You were the bomb. <laughs> no, thank you guys. It was fun to come Dude, here the yeah. chat.
0: Keep doing Congrats. what you're doing. Blow it up. I love it. Inherit bummer.
1: Yeah, good things to come. Yeah. Yeah. Peace. Okay, let's go. Bonsai Bowls. Hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii. Five in Southern California, Bonsai Bowls. Go get some.
0: Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family owned, showing local love for 22 years.
1: Check out their website, southwest.com for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, CalienteSouthwest.com. Ashlyn Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients, no sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen.
0: Ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo wax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful riding, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out
1: at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five star rating and spread the word.